Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. There's a lot of new information in the Waukesha attack. First of all, as I've been covering, as Andy No covered, and now many other outlets have covered, the New York Post and uh, the Daily Mail, among many others, the perpetrator had threatened white people on social media. He had uh, posted black nationalist memes. He had expressed support for Black Lives Matter. And there's a lot of other information from the police reports about how he was slowly driving up through the parade, towards the parade, slow enough that a cop was able to bang on the hood and then walk around and bang on the door and tell him to stop. So this was not a pursuit. This was an intentional act. And that's exactly what this man was charged with. But now, now there's new information. The man in question, Brooks, apparently had threatened to blow up a casino in the past. Now, why is it that the media has come out and said it was an accident? NBC, many activists on MSNBC, a man said it was, a, it was an accident. What are they calling it across the internet? A crash. Hmm. A crash. Strangely, I am shocked to say this. Deborah Messing, of all people, had a tweet where she said it was not an accident. It was intentional. It was the Waukesha massacre. So we're going to get into all this and we're going to break down the media lies and what's going on. And we also have big news in the Ahmed Arbery case. All three men were convicted of murder in the death of Ahmed Arbery. Now, on the law, seems like it was correct. But there are some serious problems that I think we need to talk about uh, as it pertains to uh, citizens arrest and self-defense. And I just want to stress, man, the neighbor who was filming it, they charged him with murder too. Yikes, man. He was just following behind filming what was going on. But hey, you are party to a group that surrounds a guy and the death occurs. If the citizen's arrest was not justified, you're all going to get charged. Now, I'm not the expert on self-defense. So we brought in the expert on self-defense. Yes. Andrew, Br- uh, Andrew Branca. Branca, is it? Which one is it? <laughs> Branca. Branca. I've been saying it wrong the entire time. <laughs> Either way is fine. So uh, tell us what you do. You've been on the show before. Yes, yeah, so I'm an attorney. I do uh, use of force law, self-defense law. That's all I do. I don't have a generalized criminal defense practice. I've been doing that this year. is 30 years now. Oh, doing wow. nothing but use of force law in all 50 states. Uh, to my knowledge, I'm the only attorney in the country with that explicit focus strictly on use of force law. Uh, certainly for that duration of time. So getting into uh, the Ahmed Arbery stuff as well as the Rittenhouse stuff is going to be really interesting. I watched every minute of the Rittenhouse trial and much of the Arbery trial as well. So I have definitely uh, strongly held opinions on both those cases. And it's crazy to me, um, not to take up too much time, but uh, the Arbery case, people really don't seem to know anything about this. Even conservatives right now, they're getting it wrong. But we'll, we'll get into all that, too. Sure. And we also have another individual who is an expert <laughs> on many subjects, who is, uh, you worked in intelligence, as well as just, you're on the beat, you know the news, we got Jack Posobiec. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm confused, Tim. You're talking about, you know, you're telling me that there's some driver of this this SUV, and yet I've been reading the media, <laughs> and it tells, it, you know, the New York Times says the SUV just drove through the parade by itself. It doesn't say anything about a driver. I'm looking on the Wikipedia page. It, just as an SUV drove through, it doesn't say anything about it. If you're is, talking about all this other which, stuff. Which transformer is the red SUV? The Ford Escape Transformer. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not Optimus Prime, is it? No. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a tractor trailer or something. Yeah, oh, a tractor trailer. Yeah, yeah, so it couldn't be Optimus Prime. We'll just say it was Megatron. It was probably Megatron. Megatron did it. <laughs> <laughs> 
obviously a Decepticon. Yeah, the media is saying an SUV did it. Oh. Isn't it amazing how they do that? Passive voice. Nothing like it. Yeah. Well, they're trying to cover all this up, so. Uh, I think what's going on, it's very clear. This is a disinformation campaign. This was something that had been started very early, and that's the way all good disinformation campaigns start. You get the lie out as fast as possible. Who was the source? Who was the source from the local police that went to the the national media and said that he was fleeing from a knife fight? Ask that question, and you'll get your answer. He was sealed in his car. I don't know. It was, if the guy with the knife wasn't in his car with him attacking him. Well, we'll, we'll talk about this because there's, there's now been investigations that have gone through real time investigations. People, anons are actually going and driving the route. (laughs) Wow. Right. By themselves and then timing it up with the police scanner video with the police scanner audio and the videos that came out from on the scene to determine the speed of this thing. So we'll, we'll get in all this uh, stuff too. Let's, I I think we know the truth now. Yeah. We got, we got Ian. Well, what's up everybody? Good to see Ian Crossland. Happy to be here. Ian Crossland. Net. Get some. I am also here in the corner pushing buttons as I always do. I'm delighted to be back with Andrew Branca. He's a very smart guy. And Jack, of course, good pal. So we're going to have a great talk tonight. I'm stoked. But don't forget, go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up around 11 or so p.m. But we are taking the rest of the weekend off for Thanksgiving so that we can have Thanksgiving with friends, Thanksgiving with family, and you should all do the same. But uh, at TimCast.com, you'll get access to all of our members-only segments, as well as supporting our journalists who are doing a lot of really great work. So don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And over at the TimCast store, TimCast.com, click the store, you can get your official Step on Snack and Find Out shirt. Yes. I guess YouTube doesn't like it. Hmm. They won't let us put it up on the channel. But uh, it's an amazing shirt. So you guys should get it if you want it. Let's jump into this first story, which I imagine YouTube will also get mad at us about. Check this out from Daily Mail. Waukesha massacre suspect Daryl Brooks was convicted for threatening to bomb Nugget Casino in Nevada and is still wanted after failing to appear in court. They charged this guy in 2007 for calling in a bomb threat to the, to, to the Nugget Casino. He was put on probation after being convicted of conspiring to disturb the peace, a gross misdemeanor, and was banned from the casino. His rap sheet also includes a conviction for Let's just say he was trafficking minors, and I believe he had a child with the minor. I mean, this guy is, is, you know, we'll try to keep it family friendly here. Not a good, not a good guy. Not good at all. But based on this, as well as other information that's come out, what Andy No reported and then I used in my reporting, which really triggered the media. They were so angry. Oh no, don't tell everybody this guy supports Black Lives Matter and that he's promoted black nationalism and that he's threatened to harm white people because that's the truth. And so if you look at this and you look at uh, Jack Posobiec, you put out the court uh, a police yep. report. This car was slowly creeping up towards the parade. It was not a pursuit. He was not fleeing anything. And he was going slow enough that one of the officers was able to walk up to the car, bang on the hood, walk over, bang on the door. And then the car speeds through, choosing to go down this path. It was not it was not pursuit. This was an intentional act. He's been. So uh, let me put it this way. They've charged the guy with intentional homicide. Witnesses said he was swerving into people. The police said he was slowly moving up and they banged in the car telling him to stop. He's posted about how he's wanted to kill white people. He supported black nationalism and black lives matter. But the media says it was an accident. The media is downplaying this. They're criticizing me and Andy No and many others who are pointing these things out. What do you call it if a guy goes online, threatens harm against white people, and then gets in an SUV, drives up to a parade route, Runs over a bunch of white people. 
Well, for, answer. I always got the you answer. Call, you, you just, that's just a traffic accident, buddy. Yeah, you're, 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 you're connecting too many dots over there. What do you even think you're doing? That's not the narrative. That's not what well, the police officers told us. It was an SUV. So this is what you get. If you have a guy who goes on social media and says he wants to harm white people and then he runs through a parade route directly through it, swerving into people, what you get is an SUV involved in an accident. Right. Well, so here's, here's what and you can go see, go to waukeshawcounty.gov. You can see the entire thing. I've got it written up as Detective Casey, uh, Det- Officer Berlin. You know, they come up and they talk about this where they say it was driving so slow that they were able to walk up to it, knock on the hood. Then he brushes them aside, but he's still going slow. Then they're able to knock on the window, mm. right? And say, stop. You can't go in there. That's a parade route. At that point, he turns and drives. So. If you go look at the videos, if you freeze it, you can actually see that his um, his hood is already damaged right before he gets there. That's because he had to drive through barricades yep. to mm-hmm. get onto the parade route. So he combined that with this video that just uh, some anon went and filmed himself driving down that road. And then they time it up with the videos and they realize that you would have to be driving slow and then speed up. But here's the key. Here's the key point of that. And I talked to people locally from the, the Mythinform guys. You know those guys. Yeah. They're in Milwaukee. So they are telling me, they said, Jack, Waukesha is, it's, you know, it's not like some town where you can get stuck. There's a million ways in and out. There's plenty of routes. You know, it's ridiculous to even think that you would somehow be, you know, accidentally trapped on a parade route. So as the car is driving, you can see this in the dash cam video that this guy filmed. You have to make a hard right turn into where the parade route was. So it's that hard right turn where he would have to smash through the barricades and then speed up to be able to go through. How, how, that is intent. How far away did uh, Brooks live? Oh, uh, he, he lived in Milwaukee. That's like 25 minutes away. So did he, he came, apparently he came from a domestic. They're saying there, or no, no, no. They said there was an altercation nearby. I, I think it's totally unrelated. It's weird. So there, they, it was a boat ramp, believe it or not, of all things, right? So there's a boat ramp. That's what you hear on the police scanner that uh, there's this altercation and there's something about it. That's actually why the first police officer went over. Let's see, I can pull this up. That he went over at approximately 4.35 p.m. Detective Casey heard via Waukesha Police Radio that a reserve officer was informed by a citizen that two people were fighting in the area of a of White Rock School. Squads were sent to that area to further investigate. A few minutes later, Detective Casey hears the horn honking from an area north of his location, and that's where he goes in and sees him uh, go essentially going into the parade route. I'm j- With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm just wondering, you know, this guy lives so far away. Why was he out there? Right. You know, I think it's obvious. Mm. I think anybody who looks at the story says, in the absence of evidence... The solution with the least amount of assumptions tends to be correct, and that looks like a terror attack, a get, uh, you know, a, a racial, a racial and political terror attack, based on what this guy had said and believed. And it, it's it's possible it wasn't, to be completely honest, but that's the absence of evidence. What we have here is it was an intentional act, it was deliberate, 
and we can see his motivations. Uh, we can see some of his uh, inclinations on social media. That doesn't mean, I'll correct, doesn't mean motivations. But I think, you know, when we're dealing with crimes and stuff, it is reasonable for a person to try and figure out what motive may have been. At this point, it is reasonable to assume this was a terror attack for racial and political reasons. Before, we, Real quick, we had yeah. just two days before this, the Rittenhouse verdict, we had an activist reported on the 20th. This was one day. An activist, it was, it was reported, had said that this country is a tinderbox and one more, you know, one more uh, match or whatever, and it's going to go up. We had tons of people on the left. We had that Democrat in Illinois saying it's karma. Mm. We had activists on Twitter saying they wanted revenge, saying go, you know, to, to, to do bad things. And then come Sunday, a guy who's made posts about harming white people goes and does a bad thing. It's absurd to me to not start with that hypothesis. It's crazy how like if someone the way the way murder can can happen and how people will respond differently. Like if that guy had been face to face with each of those individuals looking in their eyes and using a knife to kill them each one after the other, if this would be another realm than being behind the the icy cold steel of a car where they can't see your face. It's like a drone dropping a drone bomb as opposed to being the one there doing the killing. I mean, but he's like, the people I, understand would be, the, I understand the drone argument, but they'd be stringing him up if he was actually, like a knife killer and had had blood all it, over his body and stuff. There's, there are two lines here that I was just about to read. And one of them speaks to exactly what you're talking about, because it says officer Buterin observed the driver looking straight ahead directly mm-hmm. at him. And it appeared he had no emotion on his face. As the vehicle passed his location, he continually yelled for the vehicle to stop. Skip ahead a little bit. They shot at him, right? He, they did shoot at him. He hurt. The vehicle then appeared. So, okay. So they knew he was, a, he was, he was preparing to attack these people and they tried to use deadly force to stop it. Yes. Right. At that point, obviously, they perceived him as an imminent deadly Here force threat. That's why they fired the shots. Officer Buterin heard tires squeal as the vehicle appeared to rapidly accelerate. The vehicle took an abrupt left turn into the crowd of parade participants. At this point, it was clear that this was an intentional act to strike and hurt as many people as possible. And so uh, uh, I love this. If we if we operate on what the police said, they said they ruled out terror. Then I can only say impulse. I mean, it's not passion. Passion, you know, you, you maybe argue passion, but was he mad about? Was he like, he was driving up and he saw some Karen yelling and he was like, oh, now I'm really angry. And in this passionate moment, there was no great passion. So it was just legally, it would only matter anyway if the passion was aroused by the people he used to force against. So that's clearly not the case. So maybe drugs? I would love to see uh, a toxicology report yes. here. Oh, it would yeah. be off the charts would be my expectation. Yeah. I mean, well, there would be, well, there would see be that, see that ring video well, so, and the mugshot that's come out. I mean, this does not seem like a guy who's operating well, his right. You'll theory. have every that, peak that, on that graph. And oh, yeah. that may be why the police said it's not terror. Because mm-hmm. it turns out the guy's just, you know, whacked out of his mind and was just slamming the gas thinking he was running over gummy bears or something. Huh. You know, he's just like trip, you know, tripping and crazy. So my issue is I would love to believe this guy was just on drugs. I don't want to live in a but world. But it certainly where wouldn't be the first terrorist attack that was committed by someone on drugs. No, for sure, True. for sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, if someone was on drugs, we can then argue. Oh, okay. So, so there's evidence to suggest maybe it wasn't terror, just a drug addict doing something crazy. There's still, I think it's still a fair assumption that this guy was politically motivated in what he did. I'm just saying, right now, there is no evidence of drugs. The only thing we have is this guy's political statements about wanting to hurt white people, which you know, something about banging heads or something. And then getting a car and doing this, plus the timing, plus the, the political nature of, of what's been going on. 
And so I lean towards, not definitively, but I think it's a fair assumption it was terror. If they come out with a toxicology report and say he was on drugs, it would shift more towards the middle again. And I'd say it's still, you know, likely it could be terror, but it could also be the guy was whacked out of his mind. So here's my thing, too. And, you know, I had kind of already been thinking this with um, some of those social media posts that you and Andy were highlighting. I went through a ton of them myself before the thing got taken down. Andy, Andy was highlighting. Yeah. I Andy, was just citing reporting. Right, that right, I'd right. Seen. And so and now I think New York Post has put it up. Daily Mail's put it up. But specifically, now, of course, you know, the, the anti-white posts, the FBI is not tracking that. They're just not. Yeah. But the anti-police posts that he had up, the posts about killing police officers, that's had, something that definitely would. Wait, he, had, of, he had a post about killing cops? Right. Wow. Uh, talked about, you know, called them pigs and this type Whoa. of thing uh, back in 2020. And that's definitely something that would have put him on the radar. So one of the things that I was thinking about reading this was and of course in all of these cases we you know it seems that we always come up to an extent where they were known to the fbi subject was known to fbi right don't we always don't we always hear about this and so i was wondering based on those posts i'm like yeah he's probably in a file somewhere because that would have pinged the algorithm but then we hear this thing about the casino and that he threatened to bomb a casino that's like okay FBI's definitely got a file on this. They guy. know him, hundred percent. Well, in fairness, him. I'm also known to the FBI. I, I teach at the academy there. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've I've been through some FBI training myself. But so, something yeah. I find <laughs> interesting about this whole thing is is we have the story itself, right? Why did he do there's this? Was it intentional? Were there drugs? Kind of the core story. But then there's also the meta story. Like, why are all these people instantly coming to his defense, trying mm. to explain away what happened, or, and or from, just cover up? He was chased by someone with a knife or there was a gunfighter. There was some innocent explanation for this. It wasn't actually a, a an act of malice that, that did this. And, and I think there's a reason for it. I think because this guy is a real problem for the bail reform movement. Mm. Uh, now, we've all heard about bail reform, and I believe bail can use reform. I, if someone's charged with a nonviolent crime and they're being, they can't make $500 bail and that means they won't be able to work and pay the rent, that's a real problem. That needs to be fixed. But that's not where bail reform in the real world stops. It releases violent people too. Mm. And those violent people go back to their community and create havoc, the same havoc they got arrested for the first time. And you might think, well, why would anybody want that? Why would anybody want havoc in their neighborhood? But havoc, chaos is not bad for business for everybody. It's bad if it's your neighborhood and you live there. But if you're a Benjamin Crump, for example, you make $10 million every time there's some kind of Zimmerman case a Rittenhouse case, a Ahmad Arbery case. These are money-making opportunities in the tens of millions of dollars for you. So, so chaos is good for some. Wait, 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 not just money. Wait, but, hold on, but hold on, hold on. So, so political capital. Political, so, so yeah. You're you're saying that there is a a motivation to bring about bail reform because it results in an opportunity where a criminal can get hurt and they can monetize it. Chaos is good for some people. Mm. So when I, when I, sh- I should be clear. When I say um, people are, are leveraging bail reform for political reasons, I would say bail reform overreach. Not all bail reform, but bail reform right. that releases violent charge but, suspects. But, but you're, you're, you think that many people advocating for it? I'm not saying every, but some have that in mind. They're like, this will create more crime and more opportunity. Especially people with considerable political power, like a Benjamin Crump. I don't mean the individual social worker who's in favor. Right, of, right. They don't have any influence These lawyers over everything. These monetize. Yes. Right. So, right, the pendulum has been swinging in favor of loosening bail requirements more and more and more until the point they include people charged with violent crimes. And eventually the pendulum is going to swing back. But when it swings back, that's going to be bad for some people. This case 
is a perfect example, a perfect warning to the normals in society that, holy cow, we all thought that bail reform was a good thing, but it's possible it goes too far. It lets people like when, this out on bail. Well, hold, I think bail reform is a good thing. I don't like the bail system. I don't like the idea that we would say you're presumed innocent, but we're not going to let you out unless you give us 500 bucks. For violent criminals with a preponderance of evidence, then I, I'm in favor of remand. As far as I'm concerned, either you're, it's, it's remand or you're, you're free to go until you're, you're convicted. But that means substantially more people should be remanded and substantially more people should be released. There's also got to be some limitations, like if someone's a repeat offender. And you've got past convictions. Okay, well, now you're going to be... That's almost you know. everybody. Well, if that's the case. Sorry, but as a practical matter, you see very few people go through the criminal justice... Of the people going through the criminal justice system on any given day, almost none of them is it their first time. Mm. But that... Uh, sure. But if someone goes in and they've had a past conviction, and then the, the, they say, okay, well, it's, you know, $2,000 if you want to get out. I mean, you're going to destroy that person's life outright before you've proven them guilty simply on their past. Well, so, they could sit in jail for a long time. And it there's is. and there's more. There's there's too many. St- I mean, look at Kyle. Kyle Rittenhouse, when he was like, he had to sit there for 87 days. And he didn't have, a, what do you say? He had no running water. Yeah. He was not getting good food. He was losing all this weight. And he was not guilty. So, and he needed $2 million to get him out. And we can, you know, we can talk about the, the lawyers and all that stuff. But just on the system alone. One one aspect that I would so so bail obviously has been around a long time. This isn't, right. isn't something some new system that you know just was under like the Trump era or something like right. that. You know, um, and, and Trump actually was for uh, you know criminal justice reform, although he was focused more on back end than than front end. Not, and not that I'm a supporter of, of the first step movement, but just you know for clarify uh, to clarify that. But when it comes to these types of situations, you know, you, you know, you were talking before about how. The criminal, uh, citizen's arrest law in the Arbery case was something that had been written during the Civil War in Georgia and it was still on the books at the time that has been updated since. Well, with these cases as well, one thing that I think really ties all of these together is the, is video, right? We have video of Waukesha. We have tons of video of it. We have video of Kenosha. We had video of Ahmed Arbery, right? And I think that in those two cases, it was the video that went to the jury and eventually yeah. swung them. So in you're thinking they should the look other. at video as part of setting bail? So look at video. That would never well, happen. No, look at never happen because you have to understand how this process works in a nuts and bolts level. That, they're they're, the they're trying to make these decisions to, in three minutes. Right. The magistrate is making a bail decision in three minutes. He's got an algorithm he uses depending on the degree of the, the offense, uh, risk of flight. There's a set risk of right. a set criteria that they use. And the state and the defense are going to go down that checklist of criteria. And it's like a little algorithm. It so arrives you can't at make the bail it part amount. of probable cause? Well, a probable cause would be determined someplace else. It's right. not going to be determined right there. But a judge, a magistrate's not going to take time to look through to, uh, even five minutes of video to try to come to well, some determination of what to, bail should be. It should be no, legally that, required. Maybe, that's, but that's you, what I'm talking about. That's, that's what I'm saying. The entire sure. system. I, yes. The, the, the idea that I mean, we're talking about redesigning the system. The process is the punishment. What they did to James O'Keefe. They raid his, him and his journalists because law enforcement knows the process is the punishment. Mm. When it came to Occupy Wall Street protests, there was a photographer that I, I was, I was just filming. I'm filming. And there was a photographer standing on the sidewalk minding his own business when an officer came up and arrested him. They claimed that he was obstructing a roadway. They lied. They made it up. They then had a female officer lie under oath. And it wasn't until the National Lawyers Guild, who I'm not the biggest fan of, used my footage to show that the police lied. He was released. Did any of the officers get in trouble? They no. never do. They but, never. They lie right. all the time on these criminal right. complaints. But They're the, never but held the, accountable. But the issue is, 
if there's someone who is a regular working class Joe and he gets accused of a somewhat serious offense, but not like not like a felony or anything, the judge can be like, look, I think we should keep him in jail until the court. And then what, 87 days or, or 80 days? You lose your job. You lose your apartment. Your car gets towed. Your, your people are wondering where you went. Your dog is going hungry. And then you get out destitute. So, so I, I, I will, I will cite Benjamin Franklin all day and night. It is better that a hundred, hundred guilty persons go free than one innocent person suffer. If the court cannot justify reasonably an, an algorithm in three minutes is not justification for holding someone against their will when they are presumed innocent. That being said, real quick. Sorry, this is where I come just, in with just, the video. That, that being said. That's where I commit. That being said, everybody should keep and bear arms and a free society means a society with risks. And if we're going to let out people, and I don't think violent offenders, depending on depending on what they've committed, I think that's reasonable for a judge to be like you're accused of triple murder or something. Okay, sorry. Which, uh, which was Kyle Rittenhouse. Go to Kyle. Well, well, not triple, but yeah. Well, yeah, double murder plus, you know, a right. bunch of other charges. I can understand why they would be like, look, I'm sorry, you're being held because these are very serious and we're worried about the safety of others. There should still be some scrutiny there. But if we're going to let people out on bail, then all we need to do is look at the Constitution and say the Fifth and Sixth Amendment, Benjamin Franklin and, and Blackstone, and the Second Amendment. Sure. So I don't want to come across as someone who's defending the way the system is. I think it's broken. I mean, from my perspective, for example, I think probable cause hearings are, are worthless the way they operate today. What's supposed to happen is a probable cause hearing is supposed to be a filter to keep people from being dragged into a full-blown trial unless there's probable cause to believe they committed the crime. So at trial, they're going to have to prove you guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. If they can't even show 51% of the evidence going into that process, they shouldn't be able to drag you into the terribly destructive, dangerous risk of a full-blown trial. But probable cause doesn't work that way today. It doesn't work like a 51-degree threshold before you're brought into trial. It's essentially a zero-degree threshold. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The prosecutor can say whatever he wants. He can get officers to swear whatever they want. Nothing's ever checked. When things are later proven to not be true, it doesn't matter. Uh, they don't say, well, the process that got you into trial was inherently I'll defective, so we're going to let you out. What, what we need is a genuine probable cause hearing. The reason we don't have one, I'm not defending this. This is just the practical way the system works. The reason we don't have that is because we have so many criminals going through the system we could never give everybody a genuine probable cause hearing the way the system's designed today. And most of the people going through are criminals. So no one cares that they're not actually getting a probable cause hearing. No one notices until an innocent person gets fed into that system and suffers all the 
the the thresher effects of that horribly destructive system, and you see it affecting an innocent person that way. Here, say justice here, justice example. being blind is not always a good thing. Here's the example I'll throw out there, and because I mean, justice isn't blind, I don't think. But you've got Kyle Rittenhouse was charged what within 24 hours or may, maybe 36 hours, yeah. right? If you if you actually go by the dates, right? Um, Alec Baldwin, it's still under investigation. We're still reviewing the incident when we when we know that this took place on a movie set. I'm sure every single minute of that incident is caught on film. There's no relevant facts in dispute. I mean, on, on right. the criminal charge of reckless homicide, we know all the facts. They're right. not in dispute. Right. Uh, and we know the law. The law is not ambiguous there. So the only reason they haven't charged him is because they've decided because they don't want to charge him. That's right. all. Right. If it was me or you and they decided they wanted to charge us, we would have been charged that day. All, all day, every day. And, and correct me if I'm was, not a New Mexico lawyer. I mean, I know you're from out west, but uh, crisis management is, is, is there a special is there a special uh, rule for actors? There's a special right. carve out in <laughs> the uh, I, I, you know, Baldwin, in the law. In my opinion, and it wasn't my opinion. It was someone on the show who mentioned this. We saw what Gloria Allred said, right? Uh, Alec Baldwin had a crisis management firm, most likely. Oh yeah, and he was on the phone yeah, immediately. I believe that. And they seeded the fake story about a blank and a misfire and shrapnel because the real story was that Alec Baldwin was handed a gun by someone who wasn't supposed to give it to him, that neither of them had checked the weapon, that it was loaded live, and he chose to, for no reason, seemingly no reason, to pull the, pull the hammer back, aim it, and shoot a woman. The scene did not call for that in any way. And it wouldn't person, matter if it did. And, and, and this, is, this is what I was saying. Um, I can't remember who, who, who was here. We were talking to this. I said, um, if you walk up to someone, aim a gun, cock the hammer, pull the trigger, what are they going to call that? Intentional homicide. Yes. Alec Baldwin, however, got, got in front of the story. So what happens when... Well, at the very least, it's reckless homicide. So the intent element is different. You must have... For example, he may not have genuinely not have known the gun was well, loaded. Well, well, that would take away the intent. Right, right, but I'm saying... But if, the fact that he didn't check, no, no, that's if, still if, reckless. If Alec Baldwin walked in the middle of the street and there was some woman walking down the street... Oh, I see. And sure. he pulled a gun and pointed right. at her and just shot her, intentional homicide. You would infer intent from that conduct, right? Yes. Alec Baldwin wasn't supposed to aim, cock, and fire a gun in that scene. So what's the difference? I, I know, you know, uh, the, the pattern, it's a set, so maybe something's going on. But if the script supervisor the, and, and the lead electrician and other witnesses there said he wasn't supposed to be given the gun by that person, and then he chose to point it, pulled it, you know, with live rounds well, in it, like, what's the difference? The difference is that if you're just in the middle of the street, you're not involved in a movie set, and you walk up to a woman, point the gun, pull the trigger, blow her brains out – that conduct is conduct because we never know intent, right? We can't read inside a person's mind. We're inferring their intent from their conduct. And you can infer from that conduct they intended to shoot that woman because there's no alternative hypothesis consistent with the conduct. There is in the in the Baldwin case because he was on a movie set. So there may be some other reason why he did this without intending to kill her. But he did kill her. There's no justified reason for her killing her. He could have avoided killing her. He, by taking he, the simple step of confirming himself that the gun did not have a round and it, in it. it is a violation of standard protocols to aim a weapon. Guns for any are reason. inherently dangerous instruments. The standard of care is strict liability. If it goes off when you pull the trigger and a bullet goes through somebody, that's on you. I think it's murder. You don't get to say oops. I think it's Gloria murder. Allred had the the great line of it. She said, "You handed Alec Baldwin that gun, and he decided to play Russian roulette with it." I, I I think people keep giving him the benefit of the doubt at every turn. It's insane to me. 
He, we, 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 we now know the stories were all lies. We know that he had no reason to aim that gun at a person because it's a violation of his decades of security training, of firearms training on movie sets. He's been in movies, action movies. Witnesses have testified he's got multiple training. The AD wasn't supposed to give him the gun. He had literally no reason, and it was a violation of safety protocol to aim it at a person. It wasn't part of the scene, and there was a dispute with the crew over what was going on. I mean, look, you look at all the stories, that all the news that has come out, and it sounds much more like Alec Baldwin has an anger management problem, so he took a gun, angrily pointed at the camera person, and shot and killed her, and then freaked out. That makes substantially more sense than the armorer made a mistake, who accidentally handed it to the AD who made a mistake, who gave it to Baldwin who made a mistake, who accidentally aimed it at her, pulled the hammer back, it's a single action revolver, and then shot her with it, and then a fake story gets seated. I'm not playing. So you're saying he could have been, could have been frustrated about something's going wrong on the set. The crew was revolting against him. People were walking off. I mean, even in that specific moment, right? So he's yelling at her, saying something, and notice we still to this day, have not seen any video of this. We haven't even seen a sanitized video. We haven't seen anything. And there are multiple cameras filming, they say. Obviously. So my gut would say that's an overreach. I don't know for sure, but I will say this. It's no crazier than what the Rittenhouse prosecutor argued. True. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd say it's much more reasonable let's, than let's, what he argued. Let's, let's, talk about, let's go back to reasonableness. Let's talk about what's going on with the, with the press in Waukesha. We have the story from the examiner. NBC labels Waukesha attack. An accident. Oh, it's better. It's better. We got. It's not just an accident. It wasn't just a guy on TV saying, well, you know what the accident here. We've got CNN. Waukesha parade crash oh. suspect. Crash, crash. suspect? <laughs> is, 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 is crash an intentional homicide act? Okay. I'll just jump over to Google. Vehicle plows through parade. There's Times of India. Good on them. CNN crash. Fox says media blasted for calling it a crash. CNN. Waukesha crash. Eight-year-old victim of the crash. Parade oh. incident. Parade incident, BBC says. They are all terrified to say it was an attack, even though the dude's been charged with intentional homicide. It was intentional homicide, I believe, right? And it was, is that yes. what you charged yep. him with? I read, just read the criminal complaint. That's, the, it, it's, it's amazing to me because you could have, you have all of the evidence and all of the elements in that criminal complaint. That is a terroristic criminal complaint. The only difference is that the charge isn't there and what the police, uh, I guess it's the chief of police says at the press conference. If you had added up all of those facts and you add in then one more paragraph of the statements that he had made online, the years and years worth of statements, you know what you have? You have Charlottesville. Yep. You have the Charlottesville 2017 James Fields attack. And it they're, is they're, all they're, the same facts. Imagine if they found, found similar statements except, on Kyle. Except that that wasn't a Christmas parade. There, there, I mean, so this is worse. I mean, so Obviously. that, so the thing about Charlottesville is that you have two angry factions. Mm, I was talking about from the complaint side, not the situation. Right, 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 right. Uh, it, it, you have two fighting sides all day. It's nuts. The cops aren't stopping and people are, Were you, did you cover I, that? I was not in Charlottesville. You were not there. Yeah, no, neither uh, was I. But a guy, you know, fired a gun at one dude. You were at Berkeley. Dude. That was it. Yeah, I was at yeah, Berkeley. Yeah, I don't And then one guy's flame throwing another guy. And then a dude gets in his car. You had mutual combat. You had a lot of mutual combat. Oh, definitely. Combat and then uh, I, I can't speak to, you know, uh, what's going through people's minds, but I can tell you what the video shows. Fields then starts driving down a road towards a large group. They run up and start bashing his car, and he just slams the gas and rams into people. So there's a lot of heat of the moment elements in that. Combat all day, driving down the road, the dude slams the gas. He claimed, I believe, he was trying to escape. I don't think I believe him when you have mutual combat and then a guy engages in very serious attacks on another group. Sorry, you don't get that benefit of the doubt. 
But in, in, in Waukesha, he like, he, he drove to a parade. He sought this out. There was no combat here. It was little kids marching down the street, twirling batons, and he plows through them. This is worse. Well, so let me, let me go read, and this is what I was getting at. I have the Wikipedia articles, and I screenshotted these earlier today. Here is the one for Waukesha. 2021 Waukesha Christmas Parade Car Crash. On November 21st, 2021, an SUV was driven through, SUV was driven through, no name of, of the driver, the, driven through the annual Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Almost makes it sound like it's part of the parade. It's so <laughs> passive, right? Driven through the parade, killing six people and injuring 62 others. Then we get the alleged driver of the vehicle, 39-year-old Daryl Lee Brooks, is in custody. Brooks has been charged with five degrees of first-degree intentional homicide. It actually hasn't been updated because he's been charged with six now. Yeah. Once again, Wikipedia's fake news. Going... <laughs> Now I have, I'll read this one. Okay. And, this, and the next one is Charlottesville. And of course I can't find it right now. So on in Charlottesville though, you get the driver, you get the fact that he had made a series of- It starts by saying a white supremacist. Yeah, a white supremacist. Oh, here it is. The Charlottesville car attack. The Charlottesville car attack was a white supremacist car, terrorist attack. Terrorist attack. Huh. Terrorist attack right there. Perpetuated on August 12, 2017, when James Alex Fields Jr. deliberately drove his car into a crowd of people peacefully protesting the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, killing one person and injuring 35. 20-year-old Fields had previously espoused neo-Nazi and white supremacist beliefs and drove from Ohio to attend the rally. So I think it's very important to point out that this comparison intends, uh, the intention is to show the Waukesha attacker is comparable to what happened in Charlottesville. A, a someone who committed a, a violent act against uh, a group of people, and they're horrifying attacks. But the media, over like just just absolutely slams Charlottesville every moment they get. And Waukesha, I think yesterday CNN. You had a candidate in Virginia that just less what a week ago, a month ago, ran his entire campaign was based around Charlottesville. Joe Biden launched the current president of the United States launched right. his campaign based on Charlottesville. This has been a seminal moment in American politics. Well, I think it's fairly obvious. For that side. There are a bunch of people posting about how they they, they can assume uh, the race of the individual based on the fact that the media won't report it. Mm. And it's actually uh, not fair. To, it's actually, it could be... It's the Coulter rule. Is that what it is? Yeah, they call it, or Coulter's law. But But I think it's fair to say if they don't report the race, you could just assume the person is not white. Yes. Because it's not about any one particular minority group. It's just about the the media has no problem. You know, actually, they enjoy saying like a white person did this. So, you know, there, a lot of people were pointing out, what do you think would happen? In our every what, what, every what, moment what, what, of it. White what jury, do you think would white... happen if in the press uh, we had a story about a white man with years of posts about how he doesn't like black people? Gets in a car, drives to a black suburb, and then rams a black Christmas parade. What would the media With say? A, Imagine you know, if Kyle Rittenhouse had had messages mean, like that mean on like his Kyle Rittenhouse? Yeah. Right Kyle there. Rittenhouse didn't have anti-black anything. No, no, we, no, no. But even, I'm saying, but if he's he, saying if he did. We would never have heard anything but that oh, for the right. entire trial. That's right? it. Right. I mean, get, the, the, the Proud Boys photo. You get the one hand gesture, which, you know, he even claims now was something that was a setup. He actually did claim that in his last interview with, um, with Ashley Banfield. On, uh, on News Nation, and, uh, I really like News Nation, by the way. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the work they're doing. I, I think they're trying to kind of be what CNN was at one point. You know, just kind of show both sides and not really try to take a side. In 1991? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, like the original, original iteration. Watching those old Keith Olbermann videos, kind of sad to see how psychotic he's I know, become, right? You know? And then, 
you also, of course, had Binger trying to make use of Kyle Rittenhouse's That's social really. media in the trial. Yeah. He yeah. fought. He fought for that. Uh, that supposed Proud Boys meeting photos. He fought desperately to get mm-hmm. that into evidence. No, but he did use his TikTok. Remember that? Oh that, yeah, that's the video. Sure. The video was your TikTok account four doors. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I got By the way, the only reason he was able to use that was because Kyle's profile picture in there had him holding right the rifle. Mm. Wow, that's what made it admissible. I got to give a shout out to Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing is yeah, usually no, on the yeah. wrong side of a lot of things. We're usually criticizing her for, but it's today she tweeted. Dear mainstream media, a man intentionally drove a car through a parade, killing six and injuring 50 plus. It was not an accident. Fire emoji. Call it by its name. Waukesha massacre. And it was a domestic terror attack. Don't minimize, please. Bravo. I, yeah. When Just, the when, when celebrities yeah. and media are lying and omitting and covering up and then Deborah Messing. I mean, look, she's had a lot of tweets. I've been like, oh, geez, you know, what a, what a crazy tweet. I'm pretty sure she's been, she's been on Siraj's list a couple times. Maybe. I'm sure she has. Probably. Maybe times, not. I don't yeah. know. But to, she came out, she got it right. And I, I completely agree. She's well, right. And then it, it trended after that as well. Walker Shaw Massacre. She started that? She's, yes. I believe she was the one who started that trend. And I think everybody wow. was just shocked that here's somebody who's, you know, not, not just known as, you know, your typical prototypical Hollywood, you know, kind of lefty. I mean, she's like, like blue and on like George Takei (laughs) level kind of just occupy Democrats. I'm pretty Uh, sure George doesn't actually run his own Twitter account. Oh, I'm sure he doesn't. He has a company do it. And that's why he sounds insane all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, (laughs) he's probably just sitting in a room with like a warm blanket on his lap, like in the sun, half asleep, being old. And someone's (laughs) tweeting away on his thing, you know, like Gravel Institute, you know, Mike Gravel, you know, he he passed and now. Yeah. He's not even alive anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 By the way, so much, you know, so much for red flag laws then, right? Someone complains about you. Your ex-girlfriend complains about you. The police come and take all your guns away because you could be dangerous. Turns yeah, out you don't need a gun to kill a bunch of people. You yeah. can just you can just get a Ford Escape and run it through a parade. There yeah, was someone who actually this tweeted is what that, I always by say. the way. This, this is what, I mean, this has been a talking point for some time. But the point I, I, I bring up is that every day you live in a city, you cross a street with these gigantic multi-ton vehicles flying at you, and you're not scared of getting hit. Why? Any one of those people could decide to just hurt and kill dozens so, in New York City of all places, and they don't do it. It did happen a couple of years ago. It does happen. It, 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 okay, it, so like it happened a lot in the summer of 2015 or 16 in Europe. And this is interesting to me because I remember how the BBC and some of these over, overseas organizations characterized these mysterious car attacks, exactly like the U.S. media is characterizing this. They were literally terror attacks perpetrated by foreigners who'd come into, like, for example, the U.K. and France, and they would not cover where these people are coming from, what their ideologies might have been. They only covered that it was a car attack. The motive may never be known. This is why when you go to a Christmas market, and Tanya and I, um, a couple years ago, we were going through and visiting Christmas markets in Europe, that, before we had kids, obviously, and there are barricades up before mm-hmm. you can go into yeah. in every country Everywhere. in Europe, Especially with the exception Germany. of Poland. Not of Estonia. Course. Well, in in Europe right now, I don't even know who'd want to be there, considering the extremity uh, the, of the lockdowns that's, that's been true. happening. Not in Poland, and, and and not in Poland, and Australia. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Australia is getting Jeez. real dark. But we 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 can talk about that in a little bit. Let's uh, we'll, we'll keep it in line with this because we have more news. This is actually fairly big. We got the story from TimCast.com. All three men found guilty of murder in Ahmed Arbery case. This is the story about the, a man who had gone to this neighborhood several times. He had entered a building on, on multiple occasions. Uh, I believe he was actually a, fe- a felony suspect. Is that was it? That was, that was in the in the trial. I think that even the prosecution said I think yes. So, yeah. 
a felony suspect. Burglary suspect. In this instance. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, what, so this is from uh, actual Justice Warrior. He had tweeted that in the case, the issue was they all agreed that he was actually suspected of committing burglaries. Oh, the police were going door to door. But not with, that day. A, they were handing a photo of the guy, yeah. right? Yeah, but yeah. not that day. And so the issue was they did not have actual knowledge of anything he had, he had done at that day. But I, I don't, I'll just give you the context real quick. All three men were found guilty. And the craziest thing about it is the third guy, he was just following in his car and yeah. filming what was happening. And right. then he public, he gave the footage like, hey, look. And they prosecuted. He's, this guy's going to prison for the rest of his life for filming this. So you're, we're getting a lot of conservatives. First of all, the entire entirety of the left is cheering. When they announced the verdict, a guy in the courtroom was like, woo. And then the judge was like, get him out of my courtroom. No outbursts. And all the people outside are cheering and celebrating, which is funny considering they just said the justice system was broken because of Rittenhouse. But they're cheering for it. And then I see a bunch of conservatives cheering for it. And I'm like, I think y'all are wrong on this one in, in a certain sense. Legally speaking on the law, yep, the jury got it right. The judge gave him instructions. These guys did not have a right to get in their trucks, grab a shotgun and go chase down some dudes, surround him. But there's a lot of, of context here that says to me, I think these, these, I think the two guys, the McMichaels, these are the two guys who are directly involved with getting their vehicle and the gun and then confronting it's him. It's the father and the son. Father and the son. Yeah. I believe they deserve charges. I don't know if, you know, sending them for decades in prison makes sense, but they should have been charged for a lot of, for, you know, for, on something. The third guy who was just filming, I mean, this is, I just. So was the ruling then that well, he was part of the pursuit? Is that the he idea? surrounded him. Part, part of part that, of but it was, yeah. they had also charged him with aggravated assault. Yeah. Uh, using his pickup truck, which doesn't mean you have to cause injury. It means you put someone else in fear of injury. Right. Uh, so it wasn't just that he was filming. It's, it's, right, right, it was right. the aggravated assault, which is a felony and that's, then he died, so it's felony murder, which felony is murder. Life I, think, in prison. I, I think on the law, this is the right ruling, and I think that's what most people are saying. So I'll just put it this way: the, the dude was a burglary suspect. That was, was not uh, up for; he was not uh, contested. But you have in the video that came out two via—I think it's two vehicles, or maybe just a truck—and Aubrey is seen running towards that truck. But you got a guy following behind him, so he's not going to turn around. He's got to run towards the guy with the shotgun. And I'll well, tell you this. He's, fairness, he's between two trucks. In fairness, right, he's right, not right, limited right. to the street. He could run to the right. right. He, I mean, could, he could he, run he to the brush. He had 350 degrees of other directions right. he could run in. And it's not like the trucks went up on the lawns of properties chasing but him. But if they had been following him for, for several minutes, he knew they were following him. In his mind, he may have been like, I can't get away from these guys. This guy's holding a shotgun. My only way out of this is to fight back. Well, maybe, but that's not an element of the crimes against them. Right. Uh, if he had gotten the gun and shot them and been charged with shooting them and he raised the legal defense of self-defense, then the reasonableness of his perception would be relevant. But it's it's not relevant what with respect your, to these criminal charges. What would your analysis be, ha- given given that were the case? Well, it's, it's no, difficult. I know we're playing hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah, no. But, it, it's, yeah. The, what complicates it is he wasn't just someone recreationally jogging. I mean, we know this. Right. You, right. You'd, you'd have to erase your mind of everything else around him. That but they're still he was in the home. Multi- I know they are. And that's, you know, they, that just makes proper legal analysis more complicated because there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation. And if you believe that stuff, you come to a different outcome. But this guy was in that home repeatedly in the middle of the night. This is not somebody recreationally visiting a construction site. Right. Uh, and, and 
There had been burglaries. There had been robberies. A gun right. had been Including stolen. A gun, right. yeah. Not even a month and, prior. And when Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When when we say that the McMichaels uh, didn't know exactly what he was doing that day, they knew the other stuff. And the other stuff can play a role in your assessment of probable cause. If a police officer had seen those videos of him there those other times and then saw him apparently leaving the building again that day, the police officer is not required to pretend he doesn't know that past experience, those past events. He's allowed to consider that in coming to a determination of probable cause on that day. Even if he didn't see explicitly burglar-like activity that day, he's seen burglar-like activity from this guy on this property on previous occasions. so, So let me ask you. And I think the answer is obvious, but you being the attorney on self-defense, if Travis McMichael, who has now been convicted on all counts, if he actually was a police officer who did the exact same thing, what would have happened? He would never have been charged. Never. Mm-hmm. Never. They wouldn't even bring charges. No. And no so so here's the, here's the crazy thing. There's a, there's a vehicle behind Ahmed Arbery, so I can certainly understand why he's like, you know, these guys are after me. Now, I don't think he was a good dude. I think he had, you know, malintent. But, you know, don't surround people. Like, if, if you're going to, you're, you're I, I can certainly understand why. To the but of course, of the, the defense was that they weren't. The defense was there was no coordination between right. those two vehicles. Right, 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 right. So they weren't like a pack of wolves surrounding somebody. Um, Look, I, 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 I get it. But I also feel like, you know, just I, I think about what I would be doing if I was running down the street and then a car comes up behind me and a car's in front of me. So we can we can listen. Right, to but design. again, we're confusing it because you have to think: What would I be doing if that happened to me, and I was engaged in felony burglary <laughs> right. behavior? You, right, you know why they're following you. You're not a recreational right. jogger who's suddenly being approached by men with shotguns. That's not what's happening. No, 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 right, 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 right. So you're saying there's I'm, a reason the hands I'm, don't I'm, go I'm, up and it's hey guys, right, right, wait, but I'm wait, saying wait. In the context of these guys not being law enforcement, like this guy's going to fight. But, but here's what I'm getting to: Ahmed Arbery. Runs around. I think he would have fought if they were law enforcement. Oh, I agree. I agree. So yeah, I think what he's getting at is that this guy didn't want to be stopped. Right. For any, for any Ahmed Arbery because of what he ran to the conscious. right from the ran around the right side of the truck, got around it and then flanked left, grabbed the shotgun from Travis McMichael. They fought over it. A shot was fired, hitting Ahmed Arbery, and he died. Now I want to stop and I want to give you the real context in a more in, in the spirit of what I think is a fair assessment. The, the media, the left will tell you, and this is what they did say, that a bunch of racists got in a pickup truck and chased down a jogger and lynched him, which is a psychotic mm-hmm. lie. What actually happened? A couple local guys who had been hearing reports about burglaries from the police heard this guy was spotted in their neighborhood again. 
Again. Again. A gun had been stolen about a month earlier. They say, hey, we got to figure out who this guy is. We got to check him out. We're going to work. They probably didn't think anything other than we got to stop this guy. What does that mean? It could mean nothing. It could be like, let's just get in our car and go I, after him. Hold I on, hold on, hold on. So, knew, so, so they, 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 they knew a gun was stolen. That's why Travis McMichael had a shotgun. Hey, someone stole a gun. If he's got a gun, we could be in trouble. And if we try and say, hey, what are you doing here? And even try and talk to him, he could have a gun. When they stopped their truck, and as you argued, the defense argued there was no coordination, he gets out with a shotgun. He is legally allowed to keep and bear arms. Mm-hmm. When Ahmed Arbery ran around the truck and then grabbed the gun and fought with him, there was now dual possession of that weapon. In the fight, a shotgun blast killed Ahmed Arbery. So I look at that and I'm like, man, I understand the letter of the law. They got the conviction. But doesn't it feel like something mm-hmm. doesn't make sense or doesn't add up properly? The narrative from the mainstream media is a lie. Of course. Does this yeah, get I mean, to the provocation argument, kind of, that we were talking about in Kyle Rittenhouse? Uh, well, the prosecution did raise the issue of provocation in her closing statement and wasn't yeah. a major part of the trial. Oh, I see. Um, I think, and suddenly I lost my train of thought. Um, go ahead, Tim, and I'll... Has, I'll did the guy well, with well, the I was, shotgun... I was throwing it back to you. Did the guy, <laughs> with, did the guy with the shotgun well, he, brandish well, the shotgun? About, like, he, he was he, holding it. Uh, I think he was just defense. holding it. And then Ahmed Arbery, look. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. The, so he's, listen. he's in front of the truck to the left. Sorry. just And then yeah. Ahmed Arbery goes around it and can't actually see Travis McMichael and then comes around in the front and attacks him. And, and it's, it's, char- charges him. It's charges unknown him. whether McMichael ever brandished. Well, it's disputed. The, the video is very fuzzy at that yeah. point, and there's parts where they're obscured by the truck right. in front, so you can't really see what's but, happening. But, he, he but of course, e- the state way. has to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, but, but I don't real, think real, it real, matters, because but, if he's pointing at that point, he's being charged by someone yeah, who's yeah, attacking uh, Arbery him. is on camera, going around the car, and at this point, there is no gun pointed at him. And he chooses then to turn left and engage Travis McMichael. So it's it's much more complicated than malice murder and, and felony murder. But they just said, you know, across the board. So here's here's the thing. I want to make clear because there's obviously a lot of emotions around this. It's a racially energized case. Mm. I don't care about these guys getting convicted and going to prison on any kind of personal level. I don't know these people. They're not friends of mine. They weren't my client. What happens to them is of very little consequence to me on any kind of personal level. But professionally... I care a lot about the legal process, and I care a lot about due process. And if they're going to get convicted, it ought to be done the right way. Yes. And that didn't happen here mm. because mm. the whole case rested on this citizen's arrest statute and your interpretation of it. There were two possible interpretations. Lawyers in that courtroom and me, myself, outside the courtroom with lots of other lawyers, we in good faith argued different different positions on that citizen's arrest law the judge wasn't sure exactly what it meant. When all the legal experts can't decide on what it means, someone has to make the call. You can't have an A version and a B version, one of which favors the prosecution, one of which favors the defense, and whichever one is chosen decides the whole case. And both parties know that. The prosecution knows, oh my gosh, if I don't get my version, I lose this trial. These guys walk. Well, yeah. And the defense knows if we don't get our version, our clients are going to get convicted. There's no other possible outcome. So somebody has to decide which version is the jury going to get. And that's the responsibility of the judge in this case. So can and, and you, real can, quick, what can are these versions? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. One of the virgins, one of the virgins. <laughs> I guess there should be 72 of those, right? Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Essentially, one of the versions is that the citizen's arrest could only be lawful if everything was contemporaneous and they had essentially perfect knowledge that a felony burglary had occurred. And, of course, the defense never claimed either of those things because they, th- that didn't exist, right? They right. didn't know for a fact 
that he'd committed felony burglary. And the the felony felony burglary like conduct they were aware of was not contemporaneous with their efforts to arrest him. What does that mean? Contemporaneous happening at the same time. Right. So they had they had evidence of felony like behavior, but it was from a week earlier, two weeks earlier. So it's like it's events. like they didn't see him walk up, smash the window, go in, grab a bunch of stuff. And that take is the off state the position. Street. That's what they would have had to That's have seen in that moment to to make the citizens uh, arrest lawful. That's the state position. And if that position is accepted, well, then they're convicted because they don't have any of that. Yeah. The defense position is, well, no, it's the knowledge is, first of all, doesn't have to be absolute, doesn't have to be in his presence because he was an apparent felon in flight. The standard should be probable cause. That's what the statute says. Probable cause, not certainty. And probable cause can be based on knowledge not gained only in that moment, but prior knowledge that you're aware of. Surveillance video of the guy in the house that you've seen that's part of your knowledge base. It's part of why you believe it's probable that he's now also committing a felony burglary. If you have that definition that favors the defense, it's probably an acquittal. Mm -hmm. So these two competing versions, one wins for the state, one wins for the defense. The judge had his duty was to make a call. Look, we don't know which one of these really should apply, but I'm the judge. I decide what the law is going to be as presented to the jury. Now, when he makes a decision... Later on, he might be reversed. Appellate court might say, no, you chose A, it should have been B, or the reverse. But it's also true that there's only one way to actually make that decision, because there's a legal doctrine called the doctrine of lenity. And it says, if a statute is ambiguous in criminal law, the benefit of the doubt is always given to the defense, not to the state. So because the state drafted the law, the state passed the law, the state was in control of how unambiguously that statute was written. You can't hold that against the defendant. So if the judge was going to pick one of those versions, under the doctrine of lenity, he would be obliged to pick the version that favored the defense, and then we're looking at acquittals for these guys. And the city would have burned to the ground, Mm. right? Maybe many cities. Mm. So he decided, well, I'm not going to make that decision. So he punched. I'm not going to do my job. I'm going to take the ambiguous version, both options, give them to the jury, and let them decide. This is, and that's not the job of the jury. This is the crazy thing to me is, wow. um, you know, like I, I, I tweeted basically about, you know, I, I read your article, I did a video on it, and I tweeted like this could result in an appeal. Is that fair to say? They'll, 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 oh, yeah, there's fertile ground for appeal here. But right. people need to keep in mind, appeals, I like to say appeals are for losers. Huh. Right. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's right. technically true, right? Yeah. You're only appealing. Literally, if you literally, 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 right. Right. So, right, obviously. Here, here's the, here's your, in, the interesting thing here, for one. I mean, there could be an appeal. But things but do get overturned my, appeal. My, look, Looking at this. Mm. You have Kyle Rittenhouse, who was fleeing, and you have Ahmed Arbery, who was engaging. You can argue that by putting the pickup truck there and then having behind him that, you know, it was a fight or flight reflex, but he didn't have to attack them and go for the gun. So I, I, I was thinking about that in regards to your previous statements on Kyle Rittenhouse about how the mentality of Anthony Huber, for instance, has no bearing on the self-defense right of Kyle Rittenhouse. Anthony Huber could believe he's stopping a mass shooter, but he's still threatening Kyle, who has a right to self-defense. Right. In this instance, I'm curious about the different potentialities here. I mean, just what's your assessment on was Travis McMichael defending himself? It all comes back to that citizen's arrest law. If you believe the citizen's arrest was unlawful, well, then it makes sense that Arbery would defend himself and he would have a right to defend himself against an unlawful arrest. But but, but let let me ask you something. I mean, is this whole case seems to be an issue of the context provided by the McMichaels? What if they just said, we just happened to be standing there legally bearing arms, and he attacked me? 
well, we, we, of course, we know that's not true because they gave statements to the police at the scene well, that's why they were. It's the con- so so these guys. Oh, if these guys had just kept their mouth shut, there wouldn't you couldn't have had a process. And, 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 and a if, video. And if right. the, yeah. so that guy released the video thinking it would exonerate I mean, them, they, and it they gave all three. The, they gave the statements, and months went by. I mean, the the right. prosecutors. Remember, the original prosecutor passed on charges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he actually wrote a memo saying, "No, this was lawful citizens' arrest, and therefore everything is you know was within the bounds was, of the law." It was political. The charges came back because there was political outrage. Well, again, after the video came out, this is a money making opportunity for some people. This this is the point that I keep bringing it back to. And we now live in a society that is governed by viral videos. Whatever the last viral video that came out is now the new discussion. And if it comes out, remember, George Floyd started with a viral video. Um, the, what are they, they, the Central Park Karen, which actually turned out to be false. That started huh. with a video, a very selectively edited video, which the guy who posted it actually later debunked on his own Facebook because he said he did provoke her. Uh, wow. he said, he said he was going to take it. Yeah. He said he was right. going to take her dog. And then she freaks out thinking that the stranger is about to take my dog. So the problem though that we have in society is that we now live in a mass surveillance society, but George Orwell, who got a lot right, got this wrong. It's not Big Brother. That's the only one that's in on the game of mass surveillance. It's everyone. Little brother. We're all surveilling each other, right? Lots of little brothers, lots of little sisters. My- and so the question then becomes, what do we do with all this? Kyle Rittenhouse, if, it were, if there were no video, he would be in jail for the rest of his life. Yep. Because it would be his word against the word of the other people in that mob. And it would be very, very hard for him to get off without that, that my- video. But – with these guys, the McMichaels, they're going to jail because of the video. My understanding is that um, – I could be wrong. It's been a while. It's been almost two years now. But the uh, uh, the, the guy – what was his name? Brady or something? Um, Brian or something? I don't the know. third guy? Yeah, the third guy. He released the video because I think people in the community were calling him murderers. And he was like, no, like, look, it was it was self-defense. Right. I'll, I'll show you the video. And then everyone was like, whoa, hey. And, and that's then, one of those videos where people will see – what they want to see in yep. that video, and you will never change anybody's mind. Mm-hmm. Some people see that video, and they see uh, a, a, a felony suspect charging a man who has a shotgun in his hands, fighting that man for a shotgun, and dying in the effort. Uh, and by the way, when they showed those gruesome wound scenes of on Arbery, those are the same wounds that the McMichaels would have feared they right. would have suffered if he had gotten control of that shotgun, right? right? It's exactly the same thing. But other people look at that video, and, and what they Kyle see Rittenhouse is they see with, a uh, Rosenbaum. They see a black man who is chased by a bunch of rednecks and is desperately fighting for his life because at the it end. fits a narrative, right? And what if uh, do you, do you, uh, I think there's no point in asking if we you know what Aubrey would have done with the gun, but considering he went for the shotgun and is visibly fighting for it, what would have happened if Aubrey got the gun and shot them? He would be charged, and it would wouldn't be pressed. If I was his attorney, I'd be arguing self defense. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think it would be in the press. Nobody would know about it. It would not be news. I well, think no, there's a small Georgian community. You, you don't know. I mean, if George Zimmerman had been killed by Trayvon Martin, we never would have heard about the case. Right. Right? That's what that I'm saying. It would be a non-event. It, it, it would just be an, another. But I also I also think it's fair to say that if they didn't go out there with the shotgun, we also wouldn't be hearing about this case because a fight would have broken out and that would have been the end of it. But yeah, you could say I, that for any case. Well, it's, 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 it's true. And I want to stress people have a right to keep and bear arms. It, so, it's not every case. I, I disagree with that. So I, I think there's a lot of debate to be had around the nature of the citizen's law statute and whether this judge did his job. And I believe he did not. No, 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 I, think no, no. I, I just mean that. Um, but that if, doesn't if mean these guys there, didn't no exercise. In well, any case. That doesn't mean these guys didn't exercise poor judgment. Yeah. That was poor judgment. By the way, Rittenhouse also exercised poor judgment. If I had a 17-year-old son, I would not say, hey, good idea. Let's uh, you know take the AR and go down to no. the riot. 
But, <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah. poor judgment's not a crime. Right. I mean, as a guy who's got an ex-wife, thank God, poor judgment is not a crime. So they're not charged with that. They're charged with specific offenses, with specific elements, and specific defenses with specific elements. And one of those is citizen's arrest and how that law is supposed to be applied and when you just give the jury the job of deciding how the law works, the only non-experts in the courtroom, by the way, the courtroom is full of lawyers. There's three prosecutors, there's six defense attorneys, and a judge, and none of them can figure out what the statute's actually supposed to mean. But we're going to let 12 jurors untrained in the law right. do that job. Let, let, me, let me ask you, uh, in your opinion, based on the facts of the case, do you think these men should have been convicted? You know, I... I my view of justice is different. I don't think about the outcomes per se. I don't really care about the outcomes per se. In my view, justice is about the process, not about the outcome. Well, well the, so, I'm asking because I'm, I was going to ask you then on, on the judge's ruling. So the first thing I want to understand is, you know, based on your understanding of the case and the law as you've read it, do you think it should have been an acquittal or? Uh, I, I think there was reasonable doubt that they had probable cause to so, try to so, make a citizen's right. And by the way, just, just you lean towards an acquittal is what you're saying. Yes, but I don't want people to misunderstand. I don't, by that, I, I don't mean like, I think it's more likely than not that they had probable cause, but that's not the legal standard. The standard isn't whether they were probably right. The standard is, is there a reasonable doubt that they could have been right? That they, you know, could they, the math gets complicated, but could they have had a 51% belief mm -hmm. that he was a felony burglary suspect? Is that enough? By a, a reasonable doubt. Uh, the reason so I a very tiny belief that they might have had probable cause should be sufficient for an acquittal. The, re the reason I ask is, do you have, a, like, so you've mentioned the judge didn't do his job in defining and, and instructing properly. Do you have a view of how it should have been instructed? Yes. Yeah, so my reading of the statute favors the defense because there's, there's basically, it's, it's amazing how ambiguous it is because it's only two sentences. So it's not like in the, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, they had that gun statute where you had to refer to this other statute and then you had to refer to two other statutes beyond that. And it got very kind of, well, in some senses, complicated. Uh, this is only a two-sentence statute. But the first sentence talks about kind of uh, citizen's arrest generally. And it says you have to have immediate knowledge or presence. And the second sentence speaks specifically to a felon in flight. And there it says probable cause. And some people believe you got to read those two together. And others, I, my position is you have to read them separately because it doesn't make any sense to read them together. So... Mm. The way I read it, it says, look, for citizens arrest generally, and that means for like misdemeanors, like shoplifting, for, you know, the, the smallest arrestable offense, you have to have presence or immediate knowledge. That's 100% certainty. You saw it happen, right? That's not probable cause. That's not, you think it's likely it happened. You saw it happen. It happened in your presence. You have immediate knowledge. To believe that that's the, you, ha you start with 100%, that's the requirement. But then if it's a felony in pursuit, you also have to have 51%. I mean, you're, you're already at 100. Can I, I'm going I'm to read it. For, this is from your article from Legal Insurrection. It, it says, the, the two sentences are, a private person may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. If the offense is a felony and the offender is escaping or attempting to escape, a private person may arrest him upon reasonable and probable grounds of suspicion. So how I read that is generally, like even for a misdemeanor, if you want to arrest somebody for a misdemeanor, you have to have absolute knowledge, presence or immediate knowledge. You saw them shoplift that item. But for the special circumstance of a felon in flight, 
in that case, it's then probable cause. 51% is certain. because, And that makes sense to me because we're treating them differently. Look, an arrest is a profound constraint of your liberty, right? This, this makes your, your, your assessment makes total sense. Yeah, but before we'll let you... And by the way, that applies to cops. The standard for cops is if they want to arrest somebody for a misdemeanor, they have to have seen it. They don't have to have seen it for a felony. Right. So this actually, if if we put these two requirements together, what Was we're this... actually saying is it's 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 harder to arrest somebody who's a felon in pursuit than it is to arrest somebody well, isn't who's this a kind of like no Wait, no. wait, wait, but Tim, just put it back in, in a common sense, right? Couldn't this all, isn't this also just the situation of, hey, stop that guy? Yeah. Right, hey, stop that guy, he stole a purse. Hey, stop that guy, he stole my phone. Uh, that, that's, right? that's what I was saying. That's 51%. And so, so right, you, so you, I didn't see him steal the phone, but I'm hearing someone say, hey, this guy stole my phone, stop that guy. You, you and made it. you want to make that legal you made a good point about you know this guy is a is a is a burglary suspect who is entering this home repeatedly when you operate from the leftists false narrative that this guy was just jogging the story is very different a couple of rednecks accused a jogger of a crime he didn't commit and then confronted him with a shotgun he defended himself right. when you know all the facts you know that these guys were scared because you know as i mentioned a gun had been stolen there had been burglaries you uh, you guys mentioned that the police had actually handed out his photo is that what they did I forget if they were showing. I think they were showing photos around from the video. They, done they were the showing the video. Capture. Yeah, yeah. The, oh. the video from uh, when he was oh, inside the home in the middle right, of the right, night. Right, right. right. So and maybe not like a mugshot. Right. If you see this guy in the neighborhood, call us because we However, have video. There, there was reporting though that one of the, I believe it was the older McMichael, had known of Arberry from a previous investigation, but he didn't connect the dots. Oh, yeah, okay. so uh, that, that came so Arbery had been um, he had brought a gun to school. I believe it was a felony conviction. Oh, wow. uh, so he he was an adult who went to some school event. So like he a was football a game. It was like a football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I remember this. So he, I, he I, for, I forget the status if it was convicted of the felony or if it was expunged or I, I don't remember the details. So I don't want to overstate it, but uh, it was a felony charge for sure because he brought the gun and then he fought the cops when they tried to arrest him for having the gun to school. It was a big mess. And the prosecutor's office investigated that event, and the investigator was Greg McMichaels. So he, they'd had some exposure to each other. Right, right. But there's no evidence that at the time of this day when Arbery was shot, oh, that Greg McMichael recognized him as that person. Does that make sense? Guy. I, sure. I, I, yeah. I want to uh, break down this 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 this. Uh, um, Which would have made a huge statue. difference, by the way, because that would have been a huge contributor to right, probable obviously. cause and reason to fear. No, I, I, I always so, remember so I wanna, that because right. that's huge. I want to get at these two sentences real quick, just very simply. A private person may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. If the offense is a felony and the offender is escaping or attempting to escape, a private person may arrest him upon reasonable and probable grounds of suspicion. I think your assessment is very reasonable. To put it simply, if someone commits a misdemeanor, you have to know they did it. If right. someone you believe your probable cause to com- has committed a felony, you have probable fleeing, cause to believe they just killed them. somebody, they just right. murdered someone, that person, and they're in flight. Right. So they're not waiting for the cops to show up. Right. They're in flight. They're a, 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 a reasonably perceived felon. You only need probable so, cause which to seems stop to be that. a situation so bur- where you burgl- want to right, empower right. Yes. the citizenry so for the more serious so crime. Right. For the more serious. So burglary is a felony. Yes. So they believe that at some point this was a person who committed a burglary. And under the statute, he was trying to escape. They had grounds to stop him. That's the defense. right? But the prosecution said all of these things have to be true. Right. Which makes no sense. Which makes no sense. No. To apply both standards, to apply, say, all right, every, every citizen's arrest, no matter what, has to have 100% certainty. And probable But cause. a felony, a felon in flight, well, that also requires 51%. Well, I mean, and throw it once to a you jury have 100%. To make them right. decide who isn't going through to the level we are here and they don't have you. Or to put it another way, if, if the first sentence applies to everything, including felons in pursuit, why do you need the second sentence? Right, exactly. 
and, right, it's, and, it's and normal wrong. statutory interpretation does not allow you to presume that a substantive part of a statute is there for no purpose. But I think one of the big questions was whether or not probable cause applies to uh, it, it's it's probably what you're saying. I think what the prosecution argued was their knowledge from previous incidents has no bearing on their right to commit a citizen's arrest today. Correct. Right. Well, she didn't say it that explicitly, but she would only say what they knew that day. They didn't see anything that looked like felony burglary that day. Yep. Right. There right. no right. Because remember, cause. she couldn't, they couldn't, they, the judge prevented her from using, the prosecutor, from using the jogger narrative. And yet for what, a year? That had already been seeded throughout the community. Jogger, 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 jogger. I mean, this notion that he was just a recreational jogger going through the neighborhood is ridiculous. Right. I mean, because right. a recreational jogger going through a neighborhood is not in someone's home at night repeatedly Even if on he was video just camera. loitering, there was no evidence of burglary that day. If you're in someone's home in the middle of the night without any explanation, it's reasonable to infer it's a burglary. Was he in, in a house that yes. night? Or it's a it? house. It's, it's a house under construction, but it's a house. They saw him exit the house under construction. He's on camera. He's well, on he's camera. in that night. I thought this was from yeah. an earlier night. No, earlier, that, earlier yeah. nights. The camera's right. from earlier nights. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So not this, that night. Because but this event times. took, this event took place during the day. Yeah. Yeah. They right. just so saw he, him, he was, right? right. He okay. was, he was right by the house, I, I guess. It sounds like it was ruled properly in this instance. I mean, I don't have all the data. But well, it's it like Colbert like said. They just saw him and, and chased him. It sounds it sounds like, first of all, this definitely should have ha- shouldn't have happened. Take pictures, call the police and say, you know, we Hey, need, we just saw the guy. We just saw the guy. He's here. I mean, that's what I think most reasonable people would do. But there's a, there's a question here about, man, it just something doesn't sit right with the idea that someone can come into your community, be a burglary suspect, keep going into these homes. People are worried. Guns go missing. And then you just sit back and say, that's that's the current state of our, our country. We just sit back and let this guy do it because the cops can't stop him. And by the way, this happens repeatedly, right? Mm-hmm. This is a common theme in these events. So in the George Zimmerman event, uh, he, he was living in an apartment complex that was being ravaged by burglaries and home invasions. They would call the police. The police would show up. The bad guy was already gone. The neighborhood couldn't take it anymore. They said, we have to do something ourselves. They started a neighborhood watch group. Zimmerman joins the neighborhood watch group. Sees Trayvon Martin that night, and we have everything that happens. He was trying to do a good thing for his community to fight this wave of crime that was coming through it. Rittenhouse, we have a city engulfed in rioting, looting, and arson. The police are doing nothing. The citizenry says, we got to step up and do something to protect ourselves, to protect our city. Kyle goes there as one of that group offering medical services, gets attacked, kills, charged with murder, and the risk is because the state failed. With Arbery, we have a community that, again, is being ravaged by crime. This was once a a little dream community, sleepy dream community. The house under construction was that guy's dream house that he'd always wanted to build there. And now the community literally was calling 911 for property crimes every day for three months. That's how... There were there were neighbors in that community, single mothers with children, who would not let their children play outside. Wow. Because of their fear of the crime in their community. And they'd call the cops. The cops would show up. The bad guys were always gone. So the community says, yeah, everybody in that community was buying guns, installing security cameras, uh, joining, doing neighborhood watch, kind of sharing Facebook messages and next door messages with each other. This is right next to Fletzy, by the way. Right. Okay. So the, the citizenry said, listen, no one's helping us. And we're living in fear. So we have to help ourselves, and then we have this encounter with Arbery. He dies, and they're going to jail for the rest of their lives now. So the chaos that's created in these communities by crimes and the failure of the state to provide security 
Is there any more fundamental responsibility of the state than that? Mm-hmm. And the, the idea that you cannot protect your community because the state has taken responsibility but failed to provide the security. You can do it if you want, but if push comes to shove, they will prosecute you and put you in a jail for the rest of your Abolish life. Abolish the police. This is my this is my <laughs> issue when when people go and say, well, you know, Rittenhouse should never have been there. Rittenhouse should never have been there. So when people say that to me, I, I and I've said this before, but I haven't said it here. I say, you know what? You're right. But at the same time, none of them should have been there. The rioters shouldn't have been there. The mob shouldn't have been there. The police should have. The police should have been there, or in this case, the National Guard. When I remember in jury selection, I know you covered this as well, that there were people who came up and said things like, "We keep in mind, this was night three. The, The car source had already been burned once. Right. This was night three. And by the way, he was asked to be there. Those car source guys obviously asked for them to be there. Don't even. There's I'm not video even, of them there. It, it's not yeah, even yeah, worth yeah. talking about. It's not even worth talking. They just, clearly just look at their stands, testimony. They're right? obviously they, lying. You know, they they clearly asked him to be there. We, we we have all the evidence, right? So there were people saying during jury selection, I was so scared that I took my kids and we got out of town for the wow. week. You had other people saying I couldn't afford to get my kids out of town. So we went to the local church and I was there sleeping with my children inside the church because I thought that that wouldn't get hit, that it wouldn't get burned. I was in Kenosha two weeks after this happened. A lot of Kenosha, by the way, still bo- still to this day boarded up. Were, and you were these signs. jurors re- these, rejected? Uh, I'd have to go back and actually look at the Yeah, at there the were so many. So, so a lot were rejected. A lot, Some got on. But I remember seeing on... The plywood that they'd put up, they'd say, live animals inside do not burn. I mean, imagine having to write that up on wow. your town. You have a situation, this is a, this is a primal kind of situation, right? right? You have marauders that are coming out from, from, from out, Chicago, from Milwaukee, that, crossing state lines. I right? mean, this is like the Middle Ages where, where right, this, ravaging the, hordes the vill- would right, come exactly. out of the plains yeah, and, yeah. and burn your city and down. So the village, the village is, it's anarcho tyranny. The village is under attack. They're getting burned. People are freaking out. They don't know. They don't know what's going to happen. And I'll say something else. For all the people say, "Well, he shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have done this." All right, I get it. That's that's one position to take. And frankly, it's a position I would advocate because I don't claim to have any particular degree of bravery. If I had an adult son or a teenage son, I wouldn't tell him to get engaged in these events. But people need to keep in mind the unexpected consequences of making that your personal policy policy decision. And one of those consequences is what? Not a month ago, we had a woman raped on a subway car in front of a bunch of people. And then everyone says, nobody did anything. Why didn't anybody do anything? You know why? Because George Zimmerman, Kyle Rittenhouse, if they had done something and found themselves in a fight and killed that guy, they get charged for murder. This is what happens in China. This is exactly right. what I, when I was in China, there was a situation where I was in KFC of all places. And, um, I'll tell the short version of the story. Guy starts beating his girlfriend on the other side of the room, starts just, just smacking her, slams her head into the table, um, throws a, a soda in her face and just starts just, just walloping her right there. And, you know, a couple of teenagers and he's sitting with his friend. There's people around. There's employees around. I'm back. I was actually meeting my Chinese tutor. We were, we were studying, uh, practicing Mandarin and, I'm thinking, well, surely the employees will get involved and, and break this up. Doesn't happen. Uh, he keeps hitting her. Surely the customers will get involved. The men that are sitting around will do something. No. Um, so I got up and I got him and I removed him from the KFC. And I remember afterwards and my Mandarin, I was still learning Mandarin, but I heard people saying, you know, why are you getting involved? That's not your problem. Not your problem. Right. 
And I, I was, I was freaked out afterwards because I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, and this is what almost 15 years ago, but at that point, this was prior to, you know, Zimmerman and, and Rittenhouse and all these things. And I, I, it didn't even enter into my mind that something like that could happen in the United States and nobody would do anything. And I'm a guy who's from the Philadelphia area right near where this happened. Now, fast forward. Right, it's the same thing because nobody wants to get on the radar of the state. One of one of my most viewed videos is actually really old, and it periodically oh, yeah. pops up in the analytics on my, uh, I think on my Timcast channel, and it's uh, men are no longer helping women and children. Mm-hmm. It's a story I read where this woman says she was at a shopping center and she saw a little kid crying with no parents, and she saw a man walking towards the kid, stop in his tracks, look around turn around and start walking quickly the other way. Someone ran up to the kid and said, what's wrong? Where's your parents? They found the mom and she and the journalist, the reporter who was watching it happen, ran up to the guy who turned around and walked away. She said, I needed to understand why he saw a crying child and didn't do anything to help. Yeah. And he said, are you kidding? They'd call me a predator and they'd accuse me of kidnapping. Mm. Yeah. So there are stories like this. There was a story in New York where a woman was being punched on the subway and no one would help. This, this woman who was attacked said that there were men all around just watching it happen and, and no, no one would help her. And now fast forward to, to today, we have that story of the woman on the subway getting, well, getting raped while everybody watched and no one did anything. And it's for exactly these reasons. Anarcho tyranny. You are, if you, if, if you see a child crying and you go up and say, let me help you. <laughs> good luck. There are stories that I read about there was a dad with his like five year old daughter. And they're at a, they're at a Walmart. And as they're walking out, someone called the cops saying there's a strange man with a child. And the cops came and detained him and questioned him and separated the kid, put her in the car, started asking her a bunch of questions. And he's like, that's my daughter. And they're like, we're asking the questions here. And of course, a five-year-old has no idea. And then finally yeah. they determined, okay, well, it seems to be correct. I, I go around with, with his my own kid daughter all the time. I, he, he doesn't have an AID. He right. doesn't have. You're gonna, you sit him down. He's not gonna be able to answer any questions. But and by the way, w- prove that's your kid. Uh, what, he what, looks like me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what might a five year old say? In all innocence, oh god, that would be inter- oh, misinterpreted god. by law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. What if you what if you're playing cops and robbers with your kid earlier in the day, mm. and then the kid says that's that's he was he's the bad man, and you know he was he's he bad, was bad 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 chasing uh, chasing yeah. me. What if you're act- What if you're lifting your kid out of his car seat and you accidentally hurt his finger or something, and he's crying, and then somebody walks up and says, "What's going on?" and he points at you and says, "He hurt me." Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Hey, my office is going to kill me if I don't plug my book. Would that be okay? <laughs> well, you, I mean, it's yeah. been sitting behind you the whole time. Well, yeah, but people, people, that book behind me, this one on my hands, sells on Amazon for $25. That's the normal price. For all you Tim Pool listeners, we're making this book available for free. Zero dollars for wow. the book. Whoa. Uh, we do ask that you pay the, sh- it's a physical book. It's not a PDF or something, so it has to be shipped. We do ask you to pay the shipping and handling. But the book itself is free, normally $25. Plain English explanation of self-defense law, how it actually works. And you can get that at lawofselfdefense.com slash Timcast. Cool. Cool. All right, folks, grab it. Grab, oh, only good for today, by the way, that discount code. Wait, wait, so, wait, this- wait, 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 wait. You didn't say your line. You gotta say, this is such oh, a yes, good line. This is such a good line. And I quote I it like every line, day now. Yeah. You gotta yep. say the line. Well, if you carry a gun, like I carry a gun, so you're hard to kill. I carry a gun, so I'm hard to kill. My family is hard to kill. Then you also owe it to your family to make sure you know the law, so you're hard to convict. Boom! I saw the mug. Yeah. It, it does sound a little dark, like hard to convict, as if like, 
But I think the fair way to put it is know the law so you stay within it. Stay within it. Absolutely. Well, and, that's, and that's the point, right? Know, know the law. Know, know your bounds. Know your law. And because you might be so worried about not knowing the law that you might be up at night and not be able to sleep well. <laughs> yeah. What would you do? Well, let me let me ask you a question. Oh, uh, no. I, no. I, I, I think I asked you this before. I was before. winding up. I'll come back to let, you, let me, let, I'll come back uh, to uh, I, wanna, I think I asked you this last time you were on the show. <laughs> Let's say um, – Somebody is breaking into my house. Right. Or, or actually, how about this? Uh, I, know, I know it might depend on jurisdiction, but let's say someone is entering my property and we have- Well, it makes a difference. You mean your land or your land. home? Okay. And, and I have big, I, we have two big no trespassing signs. You know, it's like be warned. And so you have to pa- cross two of them so you know you're trespassing. In some states, I believe West Virginia, you actually have grounds to use force, like lethal force if someone's entering. Not lethal force. In West Virginia? No. Never really. really nowhere, no, uh, not for not for what we would call simple trespass. In other words, trespass that's not clearly for other yeah. criminal purposes. You know, trespass for purposes of stealing property is, becomes burglary. So that yeah. would be different. But someone just walks on your land. It's it's a simple trespass. You can use force to remove a trespasser, yeah. but only non deadly force. The risk you run into, of course, is non deadly force can quickly escalate into a deadly force situation. Uh, say you try to, you grab them by the arm and try to walk them off your property, they come up with a knife. And right. now you pull your gun, you shoot them. The question is going to be, well, why'd you really shoot them? Where's the knife? We don't have the knife in evidence. We think you shot him just because he was trespassing on your land, and that wouldn't right. be justified. So, so, uh, what I want to get to is, you know, tasers exist, less lethals exist. Is there a circumstance where less lethals can be more uh, legally treacherous than actual lethal force? It would it would be hard to imagine how that would be. Now there's the there's degrees of less lethal. So for example, you can push someone off your property, or I guess you could tase them if they're on your property. But tasing is a much higher degree of force than simply shoving somebody. It's still non deadly, but you have to be careful to maintain proportionality within that non deadly bucket. It's not just because you can use some non deadly force doesn't mean you can tase somebody. This is this is you know the reason I ask is like for the average person they don't have this training they don't know the I mean that's great ah, look right, about yeah, it yeah, yeah. but you know I remember looking at the the, the what, what was it the continuum of force in the Chauvin right. trial that's mm-hmm. right like a regular person's not going to know and if somebody is coming on their property and let me ask you this if a guy enters your property and he's got his hand in his in his jacket as he's walking up and he's looking at you and then he goes to pull his hand out really quick and then you shoot him. What do you think would happen to you? It would depend upon the local jurisdiction. So that's going to be a judgment call by the prosecutor. How do you prove he was actually going to do that? It turns out he had nothing in his hands. In theory, you don't have to prove anything. The state has to prove everything. And they have to disprove your claim beyond a reasonable doubt. But, you know, the challenge is if someone, you know... uh, So here's where people get in trouble. Is people, normal law-abiding people I'm talking... Most claims of self-defense are nonsense. They're bad guys. They're lawyers just raising a claim of self-defense. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about good guy cases of self-defense. Where people tend to get into trouble is not on the extreme ends of the use of force continuum, right? When when there's no threat, we don't do anything. We just go about our day. If someone's jumping at us with that giant sword you have hanging on the wall over there, well, that's not a complicated legal analysis. Well, that that's just... that's the master sword okay. from Legend of Zelda. <laughs> right. I mean, I would, yeah, if someone's jumping at you with that, run. you're done. If, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you're, someone you're, had a real master yeah, sword, you, you can fire energy blasts right, with well, it. So I'd, I'd be like, run. You don't have to worry okay. about court after whatever, that. Whatever <laughs> it can do, it's not a complicated legal analysis. That's clearly a deadly force threat. It's yeah, eminent, yeah. et cetera. You just you pull your pistol, you take care of that problem. That's not where people get in trouble. They get in trouble in between those two extremes, what I call the zone of ambiguity, where it's mm. not clear what's happening. Is it a deadly threat? Are we sure? Is something else happening? Is there? Do I have other options? 
And unless people have thought that through ahead of time and developed, learned techniques to kind of to strip away the ambiguity. So like in that scenario, um, it's very common. A, a common scenario I get from women is, hey, I'm walking in a parking garage late at night. There's some guy like walking behind me. He hasn't done anything yet, but there's something about him. It's really scaring me. I know I can't just turn around and shoot him because he hasn't done anything yet. I don't know what to do. Well, what you can do is turn around and challenge that guy. Stay the F away from me because if he's a normal guy just walking to his car too, what's he going to do? Oh, shit. Sorry. Didn't mean to scare yeah. you. If he keeps coming, well, you've stripped away ambiguity, right? right? You've clarified the situation. And now his conduct in the face of your verbal commands to stay back is conduct consistent with someone who means you harm. This is like guys who have no... um you know, no, uh, hand to hand combat training or have never done any mixed martial arts or anything. And they say, Oh, I can, I'm just going to take that guy in that street fight. I just, I just see white man and I'm just going to go. I'm going to go all in. Right. And it's like you haven't taken any time to actually train yourself to understand what it's like to be in physical combat with somebody to haven't, you know, or, or, you know, a guy who has a gun that doesn't go to the range or doesn't, you know, even dry fire practice, uh, aiming or any of this stuff. Oh, I'm just going to shoot to kill, man. No, you're not. They have these things. I'm, I'm, I love those people though because Don't I, you love those I have a very costly German motorcycle habit and uh, <laughs> those people my, pay for it. My friend and I had this idea a decade ago. They have these, you know, you ever see those ab crunch belts mm. where it, you, you put the gel, the, the, the conductive gel on it. Yeah. No. You, you put conductive yeah. gel on it. You wrap it around your waist, turn it on. Oh, it like shocks you. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't yeah, shock yeah. you. It's uh, I forgot. I think it's like, what is it? Like high voltage, low amps or something so like weird. low wattage. Yeah. So, there's no pain. Your muscles just contract. Twitch. Okay. Yeah. But so we used to play with it and like we'd put on our faces and our faces would just like lock up <laughs> and we would put it on our arms and your arm would just bend. Wasn't this, and, like, a, wasn't this a Johnny Knoxville thing? I don't know. I don't know. No, they did it with a taser. I'm pretty sure. I used to put it on my, uh, okay. but, on my So my, my friends and I, my, my friend and I had don't an idea it. to make gloves. Yeah, you used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ian's like my my friend and I had an idea that you could make gloves that you would turn on. And if you grab someone's arm, you'd essentially disable their ability to, to move their arm, which was, you know. And we actually talked with a very big company who initially got really excited for the, the idea of a crazy science project. And then when the, uh, like, this, these are the sales, like, and sponsorship guys, big, big company that makes gloves. And then when their, like, head of legal found out, they yeah. were talking about making <laughs> muscle disabling. And we were like, there's no pain, no pain at all. You, if you grab them, their arms will just be unable to move and they won't feel any pain. I mean, they'll be scared. And they were like, we will not sponsor this project. But I thought that was an interesting idea. I wonder why it doesn't exist, you know? Well, probably just because it's unreliable. I mean, self-defense tools are... You're wearing gloves. You're wearing gloves, you know. What do you what 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 are, what are gloves for? I need and then a power if, source. Yeah, no, 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 not even tasers. Do what like nine volt batteries? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a little lithium ion power. thing in right, the back, but they, and if it's a self defense tool, it's an immer- It's like a parachute. It has to work right. if you're going to rely on it, and it's just an unproven. Ta- I mean, well, it, listen, it, it, tasers it, suck. I'm sorry, right. they suck. I would not recommend them for civilian use. Um, they, when they work right, they work amazingly well, but there's so many circumstances that keep them from working right. And if, if you if the suspect knows he's going to get tased, just him like holding his shirt out away from his body is a oh. shield against the taser. They're not hard to defeat. Well, so when police use them properly, you'll have one cop with a taser and a cop right next to him with a gun in case the taser is ineffective. When you're a civilian, you don't have that option. You don't have a second person with you with a gun. Do you I think the glove thing is a good idea because if they don't turn on, they're just gloves. Yeah. But then they're not working to defend you. 
Well, having no gloves, you have nothing to defend you. At no, least with gloves, I would you're not have, hurt your hands, I, right? I carry pepper spray, for example. I carry well, a gun every day. I well, also that, carry pepper spray. That's what I'm saying. You can, you can carry those too. But I, I just, I just think the idea of being able to, like, you know, someone is going to attack you and you can grab them and they can't move. You can make is... it the whole sleeve, so you give them a bear hug. <laughs> or, or at any at any point if they touch you, they get, you know, their hand gets stuck. What if you made like, what if you made like a like a one you could throw, kind of almost like, but it's like sticky, so that you throw it and then. I mean, that's a good idea. Because <laughs> right, so, so, why would I want to be so close that I have to touch somebody that they could, you know, presumably do something to me? If thing doesn't work, boom, what if, I'm just throwing them. I, what, I don't well, like wait, wait. I don't like contact weapons for self-defense. Yeah. I like to maintain distance. Yeah, from so here's, here's, here's an idea. All day here's, long. Here, here's an all idea. Day long. What if we created some kind of like um, dense, expanding, sticky foam of some sort, and we could take the cartridges and just put them on your wrists and you can trigger it with a, a little uh, you know, trigger. So when you push your fingers, it will blast them with you know, some kind of sticky substance. You know who would love that? Police departments and Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine if cops actually had web shooters? Yeah. And they like, when they fire a net of web. Gu- it would be funny criminals. because the whole, the whole left is like a holy owed subsidiary of Disney now. So they would, <laughs> right. So they wouldn't know, they wouldn't know how to be against it. If the cops were like, yeah, we're going to have these, uh, yeah, we're gonna have these, uh, these, these, we're gonna come web packs and they'll go right on your, right on the inside of your forearm there and you just gotta shoot them out at the crook and, and you I get mean, them off and then you like, you'd have like, a lot wait, fewer riots. No, right? No, they'll be wrapped wait, up no. in webbing. Here's what you do. Right. Replace all police uniforms with Hogwarts. Uh, yes. uniforms. Oh, God. <laughs> so all the police are running around and instead of baton, they're all equipped with wands. And, and it's then, like a wand. But, yeah, what, yeah, but yeah. they'll have their guns and everything underneath their robes. Yeah. The goal is when the riots happen, they show up dressed like Harry Potter characters and accuse the rioters of being uh, Death Eaters. I love it. Right. And then yes. the riots stop because they're like, get the Death Eaters. And, right. and then, and then afterwards, you know, you have like, a, it's like, you don't call it the, um, you know, you don't call it the community. This should be the third hour, by the way. Um, <laughs> you, you don't usually have like the, you know, the PR officer comes out, the press relations officer comes out, but that'll just be a professor, right? Yeah. And the professor comes out and it'll talks be a guy in Dumbledore costume. You know, Dumbledore yes. with, with British accent and everything. Oh my God. The rioters <laughs> were working for Voldemort. <laughs> and then all oh. they're like, yay! Oh. Yeah. That's uh, I'm stealing Seamus' yeah, joke from Freedom Seamus Tunes. He did a bit where it was like he says Rosenbaum is kind of like Voldemort, and leftist is like, <gasps> and there's a picture. He, he has a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse as Harry Potter, and the guy's like, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> All right, let's go. To, we're gonna go to super chats. If you haven't already, smash the like button, oh subscribe to the channel. We're gonna have a members only segment coming up at a, around 11 or so p.m. So um, we're gonna read some of those super chats starting now. All right, let's see. All right. Darth Crypto says, I'm here live for this hey, one. Hey, oh. Darth Crypto. Yeah. Shout out to Darth Crypto, Huge by the way. He sent me Crypto. some some fantastic videos yeah. while I was uh, covering Same. the Rittenhouse trial. It, cool. it really affected my legal analysis of the case. Guy did absolutely fantastic work. Uh-huh. On the fly, no. could easily do. He even did a great video that was um, sort of a, a preview of what Binger's, you know, closing was going to be. And I, he oh, got very, it. Very, very good. Yes, he got it, yes. you know, right. And it was all about provocation and he nailed yeah. it. He just totally He says, it. my boys representing, let's talk Rittenhouse, baby. I'm mm. still going for Binger and co. And I'm just getting warmed up. Mm. Nice. Yeah, we, 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 we did have some, uh, um, I don't know if it's public information. Binger in lunchbox. Got to well, throw we, that we, out we, lunchbox, by the there, way. There's some information about Dominic Black's case. I don't know if we're allowed to publicly release it. I don't know if it was mentioned. Was it? 
I don't think, I don't think so. so. I think it was yeah. behind the scenes. But su- suffice it to say, Binger, I don't believe, is done with uh, Rittenhouse or uh, he's, he's going for Dominic Black on the yeah. gun charges. Mm-hmm. But I think he's desperately trying to get back at Rittenhouse because I think um, the gun charge was dismissed, right? Yes. The other charges were, were dismissed with on, prejudice. On Kyle, not on, on, Kyle. Dom, on Dominic. The judge said count that six. That case is, is still up. Count six is dismissed. On the all other charges, he was acquitted on. So I guess the, the argument. The gun charge is not coming back against Kyle. That's, that's not going to happen. You don't think it's possible? No. I don't no. trust Binger. It's and, not realistic. Basically, the judge ruled as a matter of law, it doesn't apply. So you, you, you don't happens, get to just go so shopping for a well, different so judge. Just, but here's, what here's happens my question, in though. Dominic Black, Dominic's Black, uh, Black's case. They actually get another judge to say, "Oh, yeah, that's a misreading of the law." It, it's two different statutes. They're, they're not charged under the same statute. Oh, okay. But here's right. my question so about they're, that: they're two different things. So the, the statute they charged Kyle with simply is inapplicable to his circumstances. It's a, yep. I've done a lot of analysis on this. It's too lengthy to get into. But that statute is a completely different statute than Dominic Black is charged under. So the the fact that Kyle's was dismissed has nothing to do with Blacks, and Blacks has nothing to do with Kyle's. That being said, the killings do apply it you know it might i mean if our blacks defense lawyer this, i would the, start the arguing that look the statute a gun that was used in a death right, right? so that giving a gun to death. a minor and a death results yes and it's intended of course to prevent giving guns to young gang members who then go kill people or get killed themselves and we, obviously nobody wants that but in those cases what the what the statute's intended to prevent is unlawful deaths hmm. and that didn't happen here this gun was used in a justified manner these deaths were lawful, determined at, in, a, in a court of law. So I would argue that this statute does not apply to the specific circumstances of Dominic Black because the gun he provided was not used to commit an unlawful killing. Well, uh, Dominic Black already testified he didn't provide a gun. Mm, maybe. maybe he should have told the truth. We'll see. Mm. Stood up for his friend and... Not tried to weasel his way out of charges and throw all the testimony the around the whole gun thing was very was very shaky because Binger was trying to make different points at different times and yeah. therefore well, it represented was like Binger the was testifying. Well, he did a lot of that. Yeah, yes. it felt like I, Binger I, I, I was think... testifying and then just kind of pushing someone into a corner and be like, "That's what happened, right?" Uh, that yeah, was right? that was right? a Correct? very funny part of fair? the case. Oh, he was yeah. talking about the is ammo. Is that fair? Is that fair? Yeah, the ammo. Yeah, he was asking uh, Kyle about the ammo. So, uh, you know, are you aware that you know that Full Metal Jacket is different than Hollow Point? Kyle's like, I don't really know that much about ammo. And, and Binger goes, <laughs> right. "Well, let me explain it to you." And, he and then he was wrong. Like, and the judge <laughs> comes down. What and the says, hell are you doing? He said, "He said he said Hollow Point explodes. Enter and then explode." And Kyle's face. He goes, he's like, I don't think I don't that's right. correct. And then he goes, what if I use, he's like, what would you use it for deer hunting? And Kyle's like, I don't think anyone would use hollow point for deer hunting. No, but that's not true. No, it's not true. He yeah, was wrong so, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't have, I have, I have a, a polymer tip 450. Right. Bushmaster. So it's effectively a hollow points. Right. Right. It's for deer hunting. Yep. You know, well, if it's polymer, deer. sure, but that's, but it's effectively a hollow point. You know, it's a soft, it's a, it's a poly yes. tip so that it, it functions the same way. You, similarly. you use a hollow point for deer hunting because you want, yeah. you want the bullet to expand and dump as much energy into the, the prey animal as, as possible. Right. Uh, you wouldn't use full, full metal jacket literally punches a pencil size hole right through. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a, it's an injury that will prove mortal some days later. I mean, who knows? Uh, but that's not what you want when you're well, hunting. You want the animal to be stopped humanely right there. The, I think the defense mentioned this. They said, in some cases, the you know the prosecution will say, you used hollow points. You were trying to kill. And now he's saying, you used full metal jacket. See, that proves it. It's never the right bullet for right. the prosecution. Right, right, right. Ever. Whichever no one what he, he used, says, it was the other one that was the right. 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 
All right, let's read some more. We got Cristiano. It says, for Luke, and it's a puking emoji. No. Yep. Archangel says, no, Luke, we puke. Ladies and gentlemen. Give him a break. Luke has a family, <laughs> and it's Thanksgiving <laughs> tomorrow, so he needs to drive. It's tomorrow, right? Thanksgiving tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. All day. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're doing our family Thanksgiving over the weekend, but we're going to have like a company Thanksgiving for those yeah, that aren't, aren't you know. Fun. So we're not going to be here tomorrow or Friday. And then I'm, I'm not, I'm the holidays, man. Forced days off. You can't really. Dare you. Work. I, I've tried to work through them. It doesn't work. I, I work through ex- them. You got to accept. Yeah, but for like the work we do, people are eating no, dinner. They're not watching, watching the show. Yeah. No one's reporting anything. Everyone, yeah. even criminals are spending time with grandma. <laughs> right. So crimes aren't being committed. And we just. We this, take, was, this was we the wire. It was, uh, you know, the sun, Sunday morning truce. Yeah. 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 You know about the Christmas uh, truce? What's yes. the Christmas World, 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 Oh, World yeah, 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 yeah. World War II. World War I. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. In the so, trenches. And soccer, soccer game. Lovely. They all came out and said, it's yeah. Christmas. We're not going to fight. And, and then they were like, all right, Christmas over. I'll be over there shooting at you. <laughs> they still didn't want to fight, but then the French commanders were like, you have to fight or we'll I kill mean, you. it's a war. And so. so the troops were like, well, rather than yeah. get shot by our commanding officers, we'll, we'll charge the And then Germans. the mustard gas came back on. Yeah, nice. it was nasty. Mm-hmm. Martin Edgar says, I see your 35-year-old skating and raise you 54-year-old seven-year army with daily runs, four times per year, 12-mile road marches, 23 years as a city carrier, walking route. And my response is, have you gotten your ageless That's moment? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's teeing you up right there. You right, really right, right. Collagen there. Strongerbonesinlife.com. That's right. Medic Knight, uh, Tim, ask Jack if he believes Biden will get the U.S. into a war with Iran. Remember, Biden is a war hawk. Ask him if he thinks Ron Paul was right on everything. Dems are the party of war. Uh, I'm still trying to find the issue where Ron Paul was wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Same. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd say pretty much everything, pretty much everything Ron Paul was right. There's, there's some things I could, I could, you know, think of where I'm more of a conservative than a libertarian on. But, um, as far as war with Iran, I, I certainly think he has people around him that want to go to war. Uh, he's sending, um, Right now, Iran doesn't seem to be the main target. It seems to be that because uh, you remember the Obama people that were around him were the ones that were trying to pay off Iran, right? Yeah. They didn't. They didn't yeah. want to go to war. These trying. Were, these weren't the war hawks. Were, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Right, 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 right. They were you know continually paying off. The, this was the pallets of cash people. Yeah. Um, that being said, Russia, I would say, is probably more the one that they want to provoke. Uh, a war with they're sending special forces. I'm sorry, advisors to Ukraine right now, and then China. Um, they're of course just going to capitulate too. Right. Or perhaps already have. All right. Seth Boo says, here's one for Poso. The last member segment you did, you talked about Sabaton. Top three albums, please. Go. Oh, yeah. So with Sabaton, um, I love the latest uh, Great War, World War One. I burned a hole in that. You know, I mean, I don't listen to CDs anymore, but I, I still like that phrase, burned a hole in it. Um, I love the one on Last Stands. And I also have this... Um, this uh, mix that I basically got that it's, it was sort of like an online playlist that people made of the greatest hits that I really like. And oh, and the Andrew. last, the last uh, live album too. But real quick on Sabaton, I am trying very hard and I'd like to enlist everyone out there. If you don't know who Sabaton is, they're like a Swedish um, hard rock band that does yeah. historical references in all of their music to uh, actual warfare and uh, specific, you know, real life battles. Of course, they sing a lot about Poland. Uh, in Poland, <laughs> they're extremely, extremely well, uh, well respected. And um, I want to troll them into making an album about the American Revolutionary War. Oh, I mean, think about a metal song to Paul Revere. Like it writes simple. itself. Yeah, it does. Come on, Sabaton, yeah. you what, can do this. Question right. for Andrew: What's worse for self-defense, a gun or using a knife? Oh. I'm not sure what worst means, but. 
when we talk about the Depends degree of force, I mean, yeah. the use of force law doesn't really care about the means of force. So there's non-deadly force and there's deadly force. Once you're in the deadly force bucket, it's all the same. So a gun is not more deadly force than a knife or more deadly force than a baseball bat to the head. If it's likely to kill or cause serious bodily injury, it's deadly force. It's all the same. It's a homogenous bucket. You're within 10, 20 feet. You know, I'll, I might, I might take the knife. Well, Kn- uh, knives are horrible. I would much rather get shot than, than yeah. get oh, yeah. cut up by a knife. Oh, oh, yeah. I've watched the police training videos. Yeah. I watched the Myth- Mythbusters episode. I've been in those trainings. These, these, oh, yeah. uh, these, uh, and, and I've done the heat training too. And they always say like, you know, somebody's coming out with, with, coming at you with a knife. Run, 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 run. get out. Right, just don't and, be there. But these yeah. people, they, I mean, the only advantage of a gun really is the gun. You can use it at a distance before the right. enemy's on you. But if he's got a knife and he can grab you, let's, it's going to be a real bad day. Let's yeah. be honest. A gun can use it at a distance. How likely is the average person to hit their target <sighs> if they're all. beyond twenty one? Well, feet? not 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 very likely, with no. a, and especially with a handgun. Yeah. 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 And wh- who's the, the the dude from MythBusters? They're both out of weight. I mean, they're both out of shape, out of shape and overweight. overweight. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and one of got one of the guys was able to close twenty one feet in like a second and a half. Yeah, like two seconds. That's the normal standard. Yeah, yeah. Easy. and so uh, super it was, easy. I think Jamie. I don't know the other guy's name. He he couldn't even get the gun out of the holster. Much it was a laser. Game. He would get it out yeah. and point it and click and see if he could get him. He couldn't. Each time the knife, yeah. the, it was you're, a foam knife that tapped his chest. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're not going to get the gun out and get no. center mass hits unless no. you train and practice and practice and practice and practice to do that. I mean, I shot competitively most of my adult life. I can clear the gun from my holster, center mass targets in under a second. Wow. But I worked damn hard well, 20 years. Yeah. This was important for level. the defense to ha- of the Rittenhouse case. Plus, you have, have to have a your right holster. You have to have your gun. point out yeah. that All of it. Gage Grosskreutz was closing the gap because he would get not hit. have made the right. hit running right and from at least se- se- you know 7 feet he wouldn't have been able to do it and where where was that defense expert yeah and by the way i just want <laughs> i just want to here, point right? out for people who may, sitting right here yeah, yeah. she should have been there yeah. for people who may not know Kyle Rittenhouse had fired that AR rifle once One time. before in his life dude yeah. he did great when he was out in that street Holy and cow. he made he Everybody he shot was someone attacking him, except for Jump Kick Man, which was a very difficult situation, getting knocked on your butt and trying to hit somebody who's jumping on top of you. Uh, those two misses, I'll, I'll forgive him. Everything else was a solid hit. And I think it's really a testament to the utility of that AR platform for self-defense. This is the purpose of the design. It is so easy to use effectively, even in novice hands. It's it's an amazing. Platform. I mean, think of it. They are designed for seventeen, eighteen year old E one privates right. that True. are put yeah. into you know a yeah, but, combat situation. But this was not. I, I, we got to be careful here. He has a, a two two three. A, uh, it was an M and P fifteen. It's, yes, not, it's right. not a weapon of war. No. It's, it's just, a two two three. It's a sporting rifle. But, yeah, they don't give two two three to to do they? Do they? Oh, it's the same caliber. It's it's to the military. For, yeah, it's M4. functionally the same. Two, it's, but it, they get, it'd be an M four. But five, they get five, select six. select fire five five six as a different weapon. Well, two two three is the caliber of the round. Right. It's equivalent to the metric five point five six. So the round being fired is effectively the same from from both guns. I'm but being his is, is select fire. It's not uh, sorry. It's not a fully automatic weapon. The military is a select. It's fire. A, it's extremely similar. Well, my, my my point is, there's a big difference between being like able the to do full to the auto bursts. Sure, but it's not so other so, than that. But you don't train to fire on. If, I mean, if you're firing full auto, you're in, you're having a bad day already. And, and you, you know, my, train, my, my you point train is, we, we have to be very careful when we talk about weapons used for war because this was not it. No, no, no. Well, not it was close. certainly not designed. But but I that 
I'm talking about the original design of the AR-15 mm. because we, it was originally designed for the military, for Department of Defense use. Except and that the original the same, design always had selective fire. And that's the one reason that you see the forward assist that's on it because the, because originally the designer didn't want that. But the military said, no, we have soldiers and this, these were people at the time that had served in World War II. And they said, look, we've been in so many situations where the round doesn't chamber or something goes wrong. We want that forward assist. Yeah. And I believe that when on that video where you do see Kyle at one point, and this is the, what came in with Gage Grosskreutz, uh, where, where Gage claims falsely that Kyle is, uh, is, you know, uh, recharging the handle. That's a very deliberate and it's a big motion, definite right. motion yeah. that you would right. see on camera. And he didn't, but you can tell that he does kind of move his hand down. He he tilts the gun towards him a little bit, and I believe what he's doing is he's slamming that forward assist. Interesting. So uh, the real Hydro says a man got life in prison for recording something. If it wasn't for his recording, the DA wouldn't have anything. This country is doomed. Uh, based on the story that I read. That neighbor who was just following and filming, he's getting charged with felony. He got convicted yeah, of felony murder for that. Well, they're they're claiming he, in effect, that he attacked right. Arbery with his truck. He yep. committed assault with the truck, which is a deadly force attack, aggravated assault. It's a felony, and then Arbery died as a con. Now, I would suggest there's a real causation problem there because there's no evidence he hit Arbery with the truck, and there's no evidence the truck literally caused Arbery's death. Right? He didn't run him over with the truck. Uh, Arbery didn't jump off a cliff to avoid the truck. Uh, but nevertheless, that's the basis. So once you have the felony of aggravated assault and then the later death, uh, well, then it's, the death is felony murder. Was he rep- – did they all have the same defense or did he no, have separate – every, every defendant had their had two lawyers of their own. Okay. Did they, yeah. Because whose decision was it to try it all together? Was, did they try to separate that at all? You know, I don't know. The, like the last yeah. day of the trial – O'Brien tried to sever is what the is the legal term sever himself from yeah. the other defendants. I, mean, I would imagine the judge should have. The, 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 yeah, judge he should have done that from the start. Judge, judge didn't allow it. So and they chose to do a joint trial. I don't know if they had an option, and that's a criminal procedure thing that would be so yeah. local. You'd have to ask an attorney. The prosecutor naturally wants to try it because I imagine together. the prosecutor want that to be all together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because then then it blurs. Like, the every, everyone seems responsible. All the evidence is. It appears to be against every defendant. Right, because right? of course so, their theory is, well, this was a coordinated act. Right. This, you guys planned this in advance, or at least you had some yeah, and, knowledge. And anytime right. a prosecutor can try a bunch of people together, they'll do that every time. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Because then, you know, if, if you, if you had three defendants and really a third of the evidence was against each one, what it looks like in court is that a hundred percent of the evidence right. is against, it's each against one. all three. Right. Then that, right. Man. And then you get three convictions out of one. Right. Resta says, do you think the media's light reporting on Waukesha is because they are, they are gun shy from Rittenhouse lawsuits coming their way? No, I think they're terrified uh, of Waukesha. I, I think they're terrified. I think it's political. Of that mm-hmm. narrative. Yeah, yeah, I think it's political. I think that this is a situation, again, the same way that Kyle Rittenhouse walked because of independent media. It's the same situation that now where independent media is one of the most important things to the survival of this country and the survival of freedom in this country. Because it is the last bastion. Shows like this, shows like, you know, we all have podcasts and everything that we do. I'm not trying to do a hard pitch here. Um, that you are not going to get the truth anymore from corporate media or regime media, as you want to call it. You it's know, all this, it's this all lies all the way down. Has been ever since the Zimmerman case. Everything they're writing about these cases is disinformation. I will yeah. say that people who think Kyle's going to get a lot of money suing people, I think they're that's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. Really? Why? I don't think the courts will be favorable to him. Because anything that was in the criminal indictment, 
he's not going to be able to sue over because the courts have said if it's an, in a criminal indictment, then calling him a murderer or stuff like that, that's people yeah, are allowed that, to make that inference. What about Biden, though? But hold on. That what fat, about Biden? Uh, that fat progressive guy just tweeted out, like, literally the other day that Kyle Rittenhouse crossed state lines. Robert Reich? Yeah, with an yeah. illegal yeah. weapon. Rush Limbaugh used to say Robert a Reich. False, <laughs> a false statement of fact. Jerk. Right. Right. And I, I, I suppose the challenge is damages. That's the challenge. Right. But, so there's three uh, problems. One is the criminal indictment stuff. Forget it. You can't sue over that. People are allowed to refer to that and infer that there's some truth to it or it wouldn't have been an indictment. And stuff like racism and white supremacist, the courts don't care about that. They call that opinions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you could get someone on a deliberate statement of fact, well, there's a couple more problems. One is that Kyle was giving interviews, not just recently, yep. but in the past. And the moment you start giving interviews, the courts say, well, you made yourself a public figure. Maybe you weren't when you got attacked the first time, but now that you're giving media interviews, you're a public I figure. Think, People are allowed to talk about you. They have to show malice now if they want to collect money. I think. But Joe even Biden. if you can do all of that, what are your damages? Because what your damages what? will be damage to reputation. But all that other stuff, the murder, the white supremacist, uh, the racist, the there's, there's no reputation he, left. He, he, uh, what are the damages um, uh, for, for the uh, Alex Jones case? Because he said some conspiracy stuff about Sandy Hook. They claim, I believe they're claiming emotional distress. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like they're going to win. They're, we don't know for sure. The media is lying about everything. Uh, they did rule uh, Alex Jones in default because they claimed the things he turned over in the discovery weren't the total of what they were actually asking for. They said, we want X. He says he gave them X. They say, you're still missing key documents. So they, they ruled in default. Apparently, he has some time to respond to not be in default. But they're reporting he lost already and he's been found guilty. None of that is true. But they're they're looking at millions well. If, if there's of dollars. a default judgment, it's a judgment. I mean, what I, what I mean is, what damages does that family have? Because Alex Jones said, you oh, know, I don't, crazy I, 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 I don't know anything about the Here, case. Here's, so here's what I think. You. But it's uh, completely different than Nick Sandman, for example, who was not a criminal defendant. So there's, there were no charges against him. There was no indictment. Uh, he was not giving interviews, so he wasn't right. a public figure. He got a lot of money because he meets the criteria for getting a lot of money, and and Kyle Rittenhouse really doesn't. Well, there's two things. First, even if Kyle Rittenhouse loses after suing the media, he, it's actually not possible for Kyle Rittenhouse to lose his efforts against the mainstream press when it comes to defamation. It's not possible because one of two things will happen. Either the news organizations will have to publicly state that their standards don't include reading uh, the criminal indictments in their investigations, don't include cursory investigations, that they just publish hearsay as fact or, or opinion as fact or scuttlebutt as rumors. You're saying they'll have to argue that in court. They will have to publicly state in documents. It is a standard at CNN that we do not do basic uh, base research in any of our stories because that would be the actual malice standard. But will the people who watch CNN care about that? It, 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 it's, I it's, mean, it's irrelevant. It's still a victory. Rachel Maddow board. admitted this and she's still getting no. you know a pay raise. Having having uh, the, these organizations have to publicly state this is bad for them across the board. It will it will it's not going to be a million dollar paycheck, but it is a cultural victory. to me. To me, I think that's it's even bigger than the media. You have Joe Biden, who's our current president, ran and used this kid as a political pawn, lied about him, lied about his family, called him a racist, called him. And now they're trying to play this game of, oh, I was referring to this. Shut up. Mm -hmm. That's not what you were talking about. You used him to gain the highest office in the land falsely. He should have his campaign, by the way. They should sue the campaign, not him personally. Sue the campaign and then go after them because they don't have whatever kind of immunity that the president does. Oh, that would hurt re-election, wouldn't it? Sue the campaign because, yes, you would have to hurt because Biden, well, 
The White House is telling people he's going to run again, but privately, that's not what he's telling people. The, the, the other important thing is that when it comes to damages, I think Kyle's going to easily be able to argue that security, name changes, he's going to have to move out of the state. He's got to protect his address now. He already is out of state. Right. He's going to have to but, do this for the rest of his life. But the other side's going to say, look, he would have had to have done that anyway. We didn't make that happen in any substantial way. That was already damage he was incurring from other I, the, the, the New York Times ruled this in, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the courts ruled this in the New York court. Times case. Supreme <laughs> yeah. Court ruled this with Veritas, a different state, I understand. But they said to the New York Times, because the New York Times argued, their reputation is too damaged already. We couldn't damage it any further. And the judge basically said, just because other people are kicking them doesn't mean you are clear of your responsibilities for kicking them. Well, listen, I hope Kyle gets hundreds of millions of dollars. That would be absolutely awesome. But I'm just telling, cautioning people. I think a lot of people look at this and they just assume that he's obviously got a downhill fight in this. And I'm, I think it's more complicated than that. I think it's more, I think a lot of people are, a lot of people think Sandman got $250 million from CNN, which is just absolutely not true by any reasonable assessment or legal assessment. He got a settlement, which means they may have paid him 25 grand. Some people said it was probably a nuisance fee. CNN said, how much do you want to go away and stop bothering us? And they said, the well, we don't know, right? I mean, because right. I mean, it's a settlement. It so wasn't no two hundred fifty million dollars. Well, one thing, one thing I should say while we're talking about this, that if you do believe that Kyle deserves this stuff, you go to Free Kyle USA, and that's where you can actually contribute and help the fight. So Kyle, who obviously deserves a victory in all this, it's Free Kyle USA. Uh, I believe it's dot org that you go to. That's where you can contribute to help his fight. We have this uh, from one free man. He says, I own a construction company and have had over a hundred and had over hundreds of thousands stolen stop emboldening criminals. When it comes to yeah. Arbery walking in that home under construction, what people need to understand is that there's copper, the there's copper, steel, yeah. there's wood. I mean, woods right now. Yeah. Now. Let me, let me tell you we're, guys. We're something. putting up a new deck. We went and buy, bought lumber. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's worse. We talk about it, but I was still shocked. Yeah. We're, we're setting up, uh, uh, so, so, there's oh yeah, I just saw you're doing the. We're doing the construction. Over here. They, yeah. stopped, they, they said, "Hey, we're having tro- uh, trouble with the HVAC stuff because we need to we need to re- reposition it, and that means we need a lot of HVAC stuff we can't get because of the supply crunch." Mm-hmm. So, if you have a construction site and you're putting up a new building, and someone goes in there and takes anything, that could completely destroy the entire project. Yeah. So, having this dude coming in five times sounds like casing. At best. Or, just, yeah. or, or yeah. plundering. You know, I mean, yeah. he's not going to run off with, you know, a thousand pounds worth of lumber, but he's looking for power tools or yeah, he's, he's I used waiting, to work as a mechanic good, and we used uh, to have guys walk in the garage all the time, just off the street and just grab a power tool and, and run out with it sure. and just go pawn it. Yeah. So he, that's probably what was happening. But in any case, people should be clear under Georgia law, felony burglary doesn't require you actually take anything. It just requires really? you entered the property with the intent to take something. How would they know wow. the intent? Well, you know is, intent. Uh, well, how do you always know intent? We can't read people's minds. We infer, infer intent infer. from the circumstances. So, so he walks something. into this building. He's no. looking around at stuff. And then he does it's it the, several times. If you're in someone else's property in the middle of the night, yeah. you can reasonably infer you're there for an unlawful purpose. There's no lawful reason so, to be there. So I actually had a question that, um, that came in uh, from my dad and my brother who were watching. And they said... You know, given all this that we're talking about, and it goes to what, what Tim was asking, you know, what does that mean for a neighborhood watch operating in 2021? You know, I get this question a lot because I have people. What do you do? I have people contact me say, Hey, what if there's a, a riot or something? Can we set up like a, a joint defense group in our community, right? Where we'll all have our ARs. We'll stand at the end of the street. Like we'll if you have a car guys. dealership, for example. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah. th- this is the example. First of all, if you have a formalized group where you've all agreed to do this and someone ends up getting killed by a member of your group, mm-hmm. guarantee you the prosecutor is going to call Everyone. that conspiracy. Everyone. Everyone yeah. is going right. to be charged. Oh, yeah. As an accessory. Well, this in that is murder. The, that's everyone's going to be charged with murder. Michigan was a militia. And they're going to go to, right. they're going to go to the group individually. They're going to say, Hey, we got eight of you, nine of you, ten of you, right? Part of this group. You're all on Facebook all together, right? We know you're all part of the group. Uh, one of you is going to jail for the rest of your lives. What are the other of you willing to say about that one person? And we're not telling you which person it'll be. We'll right. just see what you say. Maybe it'll be you. The only way for it not to be you. Is for you to be helpful in our investigation. This is the cr- classic oh, prisoner's that would be dilemma. The worst right. idea to classic have to say to me. So the least liked guy in that group gets screwed. Every this other guy, I, they kept every other guy in that group is going to be Dominic Black on the witness stand testifying. I have Binger kept trying to tie Kyle to the Kenosha Guard Facebook page. He tried it for months and months, and they couldn't find any evidence. And then there was one point where, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he was in on one of those one of the Zoom earlier hearings where he's trying to say, well, he operated with other people who may have been part of the end, and it was Schrader who was just like, you you can't, we're not doing this, right. we're we're not going. So you give Kyle another judge, you take away those videos, he's in a very different situation. I I I don't respond well to manipulation. I've, I've I have like an inverted uh, response, I suppose. You know, people yeah. might assume the prosecutor would be like, we're going to pressure you. If they actually came in were reasonable, well, he's right. the guy we Look. flip on then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, then you're that's, the guy we're pinning it on. Yeah, yeah easily. That's, that's what Tim, happens. Tim was the ringleader. Oh, I because mean, all those other guys, they're going to have you know their wife and their kids and all yeah. this kind of stuff. They're going to say, yep. I, 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 I can't afford to go to prison. This ain't worth so, my yep. kids. If someone's going to go down, it's not going to be me. Might as well be. But Tim. this is why you don't join these groups. Well, that's what, yeah. that's why you know, I always like, caution people. People like Dominic Black, you know, cowards and pathetic, whiny little losers, will turn on you in two seconds and then still claim to be friends with you. Right. And then you know, Kyle will apparently still be friends with him because. You know, I think people are just weak. I mean, in this in this Arbor case, there was literally zero evidence that there was well, any coordination wait. between the McMichaels and between Brian. But, but that yeah. didn't keep the prosecutor from arguing accessory, from arguing that Brian was a party to everything. But what would you tell people? But what would you tell also just tell people that really do care about their neighborhood, maybe not necessarily faced with one of these situations, but just in general? The prudent thing to do would be for each person to be, you know, at the end of their own driveway, maybe sharing a cup of coffee with an AR slung if they're afraid um, an angry, looting, arsoning horde is going to come down their street. But the moment they organize and and even in an informal way, like we're a collective group, we're working cooperatively, if something bad happens, they're all all parties to the criminal offense. Well, you know what I would say, and honestly, even answer to my dad's question, is... You have a cell phone. Everybody's got one of these things. These are so incredibly powerful. Look at how every single one of these stories we talked about from Waukesha to Kenosha to uh, Georgia, we know about it because of the cell phone. Oh, yeah. Listen, there's a reason I have security cameras all over the outside of my house. And it's not just so I see stuff coming in. It's so if something happens... I want that camera footage. I mean, it's, it's an interesting anecdote from the George Zimmerman trial. They were, they were investigating him for this killing of Trayvon Martin and his story sounded like self-defense to everybody, but they try to trap him, right? They want to test his story. They want to test his willingness to stick by that story of self-defense. So they came to him. They called him back into the police station. He went without a lawyer, like he always did. I remember this. Idiot. Yes. And they sat yes. him down. They said, listen, George, we have a real problem with your self-defense story because, uh, we found some surveillance video, and we know exactly what happened. And you know what George said? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> because he knew 
He knew what happened. He knew that if they had video, it was going to be in his favor. I want that video of something happens outside my house. Well, that being the, said, if, they, if the cops the ever come, the, lawyer, say, lawyer, lawyer, The lawyer, guy in the Arbery lawyer. case thought the video was going to exonerate mm-hmm. them from the uh, – again, I think the story was that the community hated them. And so he was like, here's the video. I can only say that that guy was described by his own attorney in court as not the smartest guy in the room. I don't, I don't understand how sending that guy to prison. Which again, show it to a lawyer first. He was, he was nearly in tears when they were reading the verdict. And I'm like, this, this, this dumb guy driving a car filming something gives out the footage to be like, here's what happened. And now he's going to prison. I don't, this is why people say I will not be involved. By, by the way, another reason not to be part of a group. <laughs> One member of that group might be Roddy Bryan. Yeah. Right? Might do something that basically blows everything up. You know, when I was a kid, my dad would always be like, if you ever commit a crime, do it by yourself. <laughs> and, it, and But it was it was not like Wise. a literal. It was a, it was a point about how, you know, make sure when you're, when you're teaming up with people, you don't have idiots with you. Mm-hmm. So that, like, he didn't literally mean go commit Listen, crimes. I've got a lot of friends in law enforcement. They'll tell me that the, the hardest cases they have to solve is where the bad guy did it by himself. And didn't say a word to anybody. <laughs> because that's how you break those cases is when they, they, they have, they have, uh, accessories Somebody in the crime, talks. someone who will talk, yeah. or they told someone and that person. Well, it's talk. a lot of self-defense ends up being that way too. It's right. You know, it's me and I'm with a guy and it's late you at know, night. You know, I mean, a lot of it is, but a lot of it's not. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, in, in people have a beef and it's in a public environment and people these, these days, everyone's got their camera as soon as, you know, you well, hear, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I mean prior, yeah, prior At to always, what, what, is, what, is James, what does James O'Keefe say? He always acts as though there's a, a jury of twelve watching what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. Right. It's good policy. Yeah. Well, so when you're when you're out at a bar and someone picks a fight with you, just know the camera's watching, and you need to make sure that you are avoiding active aggression. You are initiating. You back away. You put your hands up. You shake your head, and you try and de-escalate. Because the fight, uh, the fight you, uh, a fight you can escape is the fight you've won. What matters is not what you think you're doing. What matters is how your conduct will be perceived by other people, yes. right. other people who may not have your best interests at heart. Yes. Right. So you almost have to role play yourself when you're out in public. Assume you're always on camera. People are always watching. And how are they going to perceive your conduct? Don't skate the thin line of self-defense. Make sure you are way, way inside a thin line. By the way, if you want to know where that line is, uh, oh, lawofselfdefense.com <laughs> slash TimCast for a free copy of this $25. All right. Book. Well, now, now I got to do it because, folks, if you are worried about sleeping at soundly in your bed at night <laughs> there we go. and worried if someone's keeping watch for you, now you might not be the one who's drawn watch that night. So if you're sleeping, make sure that you're sleeping on a MyPillow th- from MyPillow.com with promo code POSA up to 65% off. Beat Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg with the supply chain shipping problems. Beat the fact. And by the way, thank God to the 35, what is it, 37% of truckers who are standing up to the vaccine mandate. God bless them. Give them a hand and give them some business at (laughs) MyPillow.com. Yeah, get your and, get your ship, your Christmas shipping in. And we're going to go over to the member segment, so don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, go to TimCast.com, become a member so we can have that um, substantially less family-friendly members-only show. It's like, you know, wow, you, it's 18 and older, man. I don't know. You don't want your kids to hear that stuff. We swear all the time. We talk about really <laughs> serious issues. But if you want to hear that stuff, TimCast.com, become a member. You can follow the show, TimCast IRL, basically on all platforms. We got banned from TikTok, but hey. And you can follow me personally at TimCast. Do you guys want to mention your socials? 
Sure, lawofselfdefense.com. Uh, we also just started a locals. I'm new to that, but that would be lawofselfdefense.locals.com. Cool. Brand new. There's like, I don't know, 30 supporters right now, but hopefully it'll be thousands in the near future. Uh, I don't know, Tim, if you've got any uh, much of an audience in, in the UK, um, but I'm actually going to be over in speaking yeah. in London on December 8th with Nigel Farage and wow. a European, cool. group of European delegates that are coming. We're talking about free speech. That's uh, the counter conference. And then I'm also going to be speaking in Phoenix with uh, Tucker Carlson, Charlie Kirk, Kaylee McEnany, Candace Owens, uh, Rand Paul, take a ton of, you know, senators, congressmen, few people haven't announced yet. Uh, that's the Turning Point USA America Fest, Phoenix, Arizona, Tim. Love to have you there if possible. We might try and figure something out, mid, but mid, it seems uh, tough. Yeah, third week of December to out drive. there in Phoenix. If you got to be somewhere in uh, in winter, it might as well be in Phoenix. True that. Mm-hmm. Nice night. Good information. Thanks yes. for coming, guys. This was fast, fascinating, fantastic. And uh, thanks for – I have more more questions about deep fakes and the future of video as evidence. Let's, let's talk about Indeed. that. Let's Seriously. Talk about that. Yeah. Seriously. Great questions. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll deep dive in that. Oh, I, I want to talk all about that. A lot to say. Oh, Lydia. Oh, yeah. I was What's up? Thank you very much for coming and educating us the about lady. the law. That's kind of one of my weak points, so I really appreciate all the conversation about some of these details. Thank you guys, both uh, Jack and Andrew. Happy to be here. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Litz. We will see you all at TimCast.com in the member segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.